Recorded live. Hold on, start this over again. Cotton in the ditch, big fat cotton, you black some bitch. Daddy was the Klansman, a Southern Democrat. Long white sheets and funny looking hat singing. Song, song of the South. Whip a nigger's ass and burn his house. Gone, gone with the wind. Ain't no nigger talking back again. Three blind kites, three blind kites, see how they run, did you ain't much fun, they all went after a fun good life, you cut on the tip of a carbon knife. Have you ever seen me mess up like your life with three blind kikes? Thank you, Mike. Hello, I am George E.K., and I don't always drink urine, but when I do, I prefer goats, lemon steps. <laughs> You're listening to Pastor's Inset, the movement church. Wikipedia articles about Hitler. 
sounded like another anti-racist activist talking about how it was a tribal was a tribal uh, administrator for the Yuma Indian Reservation, you know, Yuma Indian of Yuma, Arizona, you know, high desert which flows into the what Gulf of Cortez, something like that, and how his wife was in Eastern Cherokee. And uh, folks, Carolyn Yenta has has dug up quite a bit of stuff that Hungarian old, you know, that old Hungarian lesbian snatch. Really have dug up quite a bit of stuff. Anyway, I've seen Rodney advance, and old Hunter Walsh was talking in favor of Kyle Hunt, and he was annoyed this time last year when uh, old Rodney had ridiculed Kyle Hunt for trying to make his million winger march. Into a moneymaker, but now I guess some buddies, you know, now they're buddies or something like that here. Hunter Boss was talking, talked about the benefits of, I guess, marrying the boss's daughter and, you know, waving a sign, you know, in front of what, 10 or 20 million, you know, 10 or 20 tards. I think they're going to change things here. I, I read traditional ute. And I'm not quite sure what old fat parrot is trying to. Portray, nor what, uh, nor what uh, Great Johnson is trying to portray. What you have in this movement, you have all these tards trying to make themselves something here. And I, you know, one thing that really annoyed me far more than even, uh, far more than even, you know, far more than even, uh, you know, the uh, old Cotney having old Eliar, you know, Joseph Stalin cuts puts November Goldstein uh, James. On is that he's trying to bring in the Southern Poverty Law Center Militia General, or sorry, Aryan Nation's head, Morris Gullett, old Mo Gullett. Mo Gullett was a drunken crackhead in the 90s. Yeah, he was so bad that even another crackhead, Ray Redfern, who died from my gather of a cocaine overdose, had to kick out old Mo, Mo Gullett. And uh, Pastor Butler's uh, nephew says is that, hey, I don't care how much Photoshop goes on, old Mo Gullet never had actually met Pastor Richard Butler. Not that it matters. I have talked to, uh, I have talked to uh, Dewey Tucker, and I have read what this Jew named Barcoonin wrote, or Barcoon from North Carolina wrote, is that Butler... Contrary to what Johnny Tonto Britton says, was not, was not the, uh, was not the successor to Wesley Swift. He tried to be. It didn't go over very well. Didn't go over very well at all. And as a result, as a result, Butler had to, well, had to uh, leave. He had to leave for northern Idaho. He sold out his he sold out his patents and he bought a farm. Back then in the seventies, it was called a farm. Now my dad and mom, in order to get out away from my bitch grandmother, they bought a farm. It never was called a compound. In any case, I see a lot of things going on in the movement, and what you have, you have a bunch of people scurrying, and I guess they're making a big deal that Mo Gullet is trying to help the wife of Gary Bar- Yarborough get out of prison last year when he was supposed to get out. He got a 30-year sentence. 30 years was up last year. He's still in prison. 
Zog does not obey the law. Zog never obeyed the law. We may talk about rule of law. There is no such thing as rule of law. So we have all these people milling around, trying to make themselves the king of the swill or hill in the bowel movement. And it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Most of these churches are Zogbots. I was looking. Uh, here is, uh, you know, here is a uh, lender screaming about Kevin out the straw by what a pervert he is. And from what I gather, he, you know, he's weird. Supposedly, he may or may not have been running after, what, nine or ten-year-old, you know, Eskimo girl, something like that. And Kevin Alfred Strom was given the chance to go to trial. He decided to take a plea bargain. I think that, you know, just like what William Pierce collecting, what, $400,000 in order money, he was a Zogball's front, Pierce was. And I think that the whole plan, Quarter Swell, a character getting a crazy check who worked probably for the CIA in Vietnam, I want to be in CIA. I want to be in CIA. Oh, I know we'll make you a special forces captain at the age of 22. How the hell did he manage to do that? How the hell did he manage to go without benefit of West Point or any other school, probably even ROTC, how did he manage to become a special forces you know, uh, what, Green Beret at the age of 22? How do you manage to do that? Can you say Zog Falls Front? This time, literally, CIA Zog Falls Front. I have looked on this thread over at Lenders about the new National Alliance 2015, and they're saying that Billy Roper managed to get 500 people. 500 people, and Pierce shut them down. Folks, you get 50 people. You, you know, some, some guy named Yo said, if you get 50 people, that is sort of like the Romans. Sort of like the Romans. They said if you had, uh, what, four legions, you could take on the world, and they did. Gaius Marius with four legions managed to massacre a quarter million invading Germans. How big was the legion? 5,000 men. So essentially with 20,000 men, he was able to whip his weight Baron 10 to 1, more like, what, 12, 15, 20 to 1 in Germans. Before legions would form a, you know, would form a what, quadruple square, the legion, the legion was built sort of like a buzzsaw, but sort of like a square. It was built to where they would keep on, they would keep on recycling, you know, get, you know, get the man after about 10, 15 minutes of, you know, absolute violence, they would get them back and they would bring in the next layer. At the very end, they would have the men who had been, who were you know, pretty well old men for that time or men in their prime of 35 to 40 years old. So what, what, they, would, what they would do is that they were able to go ahead and take on quite a bit of stuff. Well, guess what? Billy Roper, if he managed to get 500 people, he was doing something that Pierce didn't want done. For my guess, Pierce turned on Chester Doles as well. Pierce's entire deal was not make, was making sure that he didn't accomplish anything. So all these people talk about the National Alliance. 
as if it meant something. It never meant anything. It was just simply a tarred crowd where you'd have sluts like April Gady giving a pussy out there, but he wanted it. You'd have Warrior Swell running things for a little while. He, you know, he, he got too crazy. Pierce kicked him out. He was too much of an asshole. Didn't want any Christians coming in. You have weirdos like Hanning and you know, uh, and and the rest of them here. And here's Hanning, and Linda is saying is that Hanning is paid. He's implying Hanning was paid. Well, guess what? Thanks to four leaks, I read that about three years there. Here's this old toothless old heifer named Susan, who's a feminist. She goes whining to Wiggerswell, saying, "Oh, Wiggerswell, please can you give me three hundred dollars to pull my teeth out." To roll my teeth out so I can get that truth. Please give me the money. Please, 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 please. And Wager Swell, he wants something. He says, hey, get me and having Meerkat back on BNN. Having Meerkat's been kicked out because he lied that, you know what I mean? Shoot. Kevin Dr. Strong pled guilty. But here's having the Meerkat, why Edgar Steele is, you know, innocent. Trainer Glenn Miller is innocent. Please, why don't don't betray our great, you know, great patriot Glenn Miller? I love I love that I love that uh, I love that uh, old cartoon that Eunuch put up, and I put it up on storefront, and it was taken down. You say some of the truth around here, why you get screwed up? So here is having, so here's Linda Pike saying, but anyway. Susan got Hatting on, but couldn't get old Wigger Squirrel because essentially that Jew boy who was brought in by Pierce in 2000, he really didn't like being a reconditioned Jew boy. The, you know, 666 Zogbuck Jew boy. I don't want to say Guido Weasel with Jew Askade, but you know, I figure out he's a Jew boy. He's an Ayn Rand Jew boy. He's an anti-Hitler. He doesn't like totalitarian. He likes Ayn Rand. He likes Lupus Rockwell. But he likes fighting with the so-called kosher conservatives. And they're right here. I don't know why people think highly of Pat Buchanan. That cocksucker denounced me for racism 2000. He did all this sort of thing so he could give his sister $12.3 million of the of the FEC marching uh, matching funds and pretty well finish off the reform party. But the robots never wanted to grow it either. It's all false false for us. Far as the eye can see. So anyway, I'm looking I'm looking at uh, you know, I'm looking at Linder. What happens is that Susan got you know, at least most of the three hundred dollars. Then Wiggerswell won the money back. You know, and guess what? The old, now toothless, old skank didn't have the money, so she told Wiggerswell to piss up, you know, piss up her up. Wiggerswell got mad. So what happens is skank, you know, Susan, the old skank, got mad, got mad, and she revealed to the Southern Party Law Center the name of old Smoky Mountains, a.k.a. a character named Dillaview, Dillavu, who looks somewhat like a mamzer himself here. I used to call him Kunjali Creatority. He was on. He was on there. He went over to uh, the Stanley Diggs Rape Dungeon, aka WiggerNotions.com. Well, that, that's the characters we have. They all round each other. They all think each other out. They do all sorts of shit here. Well, I'm looking and. 
what I see is that, on the other hand, I see these people, they're bitching on Codney, and Codney got Harold Covington in. So what we got is we got you know, probably, well, sort of like when Pangea broke up, you have a number of these bitty clumps here, which are, they're all independent. They're all independent. They have no intention of bringing themselves in to any great bowel movement pure. Uh, oh, Andre, the you know, nigger angling sort of went sort of nutsoid while he was insulting all the pussy, insulting all the women, just insulting them all. No reason for it. You know, I don't know why. What the hell? Folks, he's Andre the nigger angling. I mean, it ain't like he's going to go ahead and get his snow hole snatched. So, hey, uh, he might as well. He might as well love that, you know, love that good pussy here. Who cares? Yeah. But... You know, he's got all Ernst Roeem Lump Ranger. And old Rodney is making a big thing of it. And I'll, I'll give Rodney credit for that here. But I, I sort of look at him with a John decide because he knows dang well. It's been a year now. It was the night of April 5th. It was a Saturday night when old Brian Real Sword Manzer wrote a letter to Joshua Singer of Crisis Host. And got me booted off. Crisis host within three days. Got three days to leave here. Or Brian Real was going to file a lawsuit. Well, guess what? Joshua Singer pussied out here. In any case, I haven't looked at the real lawsuit. Uh, the, little, the, the little nigger let Mongol, he's caught in a fraud. But anyway, that's what we have in this bowel moment. We have, we have these characters that show up. Used to be anti-racist activists like, well, Andre the Nigger Angling, Brian Real, all these characters here, reconditioned nigger those Jew boys like Fink. Why, now I'm a CI dentist. That's what we have. And they're all trying to accomplish something via either Bowel movement activism of some sort. What happens is that, what, back in October, Hunter Walsh got a whole bunch of people paying attention to him. So what does he do? He goes out. Here's old Jack, you know, Jack Ryan, a.k.a. John Ellis, a.k.a. Wiley Hibernator, I can call him. Yo, let me censor Martin Lester. Let me censor Martin Lester. Okay. Go ahead and do that. You censor somebody in the style movement, everybody gets wind of it, and you made yourself an enemy for life, and you're never going to you know, be let back in. Of course, if you tell the truth about somebody, you're not going to be let in either. I've always had people, oh, no, I mean, let's just smart, but how, you know, shoot, he'll turn on you. He'll turn on you. He'll, he'll, he'll turn on you. He'll say something that you don't want said, and he'll turn on you, and oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo. But then again, they all come back. Russ Walker got back from Buddy, Buddy Johnson's. The Tards went there. You know, Wickstrom wasn't there. He wasn't trying to sell something from Michigan. Uh, they all were there. 
all the lumpy melangians and the tars and some scepter ass clowns and the wannabe wife swappers and all the sort of thing. They were there. Old Russ Walker was horrified when they, they bought themselves a lamb. They were, you know, they were, you know, sort of like Judas Nips here. Doesn't believe that Jesus is actually the Messiah. Doesn't believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah. So here they were, I guess, sort of like, you know, you know pretend to be total Jews. They were slitting a throat at 4 o'clock and catching the blood in a drainage. And, oh, I don't know if they were putting the blood on their little doorposts or not here. You know, probably not if they met at a motel here, banquet room, but they were somewhere and they were slitting the lamb's throat at 4 o'clock and then they tried to put it in the oven here and 8 o'clock it still wasn't cooking, although the you could smell the stink of it. And old Russ got, oh, sort of sick, so he went back home. Now, I got arranged for what? Wednesday night. Wednesday night, because Tuesday night is selection day. I got arranged on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Central Time for Russ to come on to the show and be a tart. There's not going to be a debate, but it says, hey, uh, Dewey Tucker wants to, you know, probably ask, uh, call in and ask questions here. And, uh, you know, now Westbrook is telling all the tards, telling all the tards that, hey, Wednesday, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. I said 8 o'clock because I want to watch Twitter Survivor, or Survivor, plus Dan Johns. Dan Johns will have probably an hour show with tards, so maybe I'll catch a few tards, a few Mongol tards from there. And I recorded about 17 minutes of it here before Russ decided to do something else here. I mean, he's a tard who doesn't know how to use Skype, but he's discovered Skype, but he doesn't want to pay two ninety nine a month for Skype or some such thing. So he's going to spend 10 minutes, a minute, you know, from the spot he was bitching to me about that. But that's what we, that's what we have. We all, we have all these here little islands, you know, little internet warlords, all these here little tards. Well, anyway, I'm going on Pacer, and I'm looking at this federal judge. He didn't even pay much attention to my Rule 59E. He believes, he believes that he has to protect lawyers, lawyers from facing juries who want to disbar them because they're incompetent, like Terry Knapp. He wants to protect judges who disobey state law, totally disobey state law, which says, guess what? Someone signs an affidavit saying that you are not to be trusted with this particular case, especially a probate case, because guess where? You, know, you see all these lawyers? Some of them, like Blanchard Mitchell up in Joplin here, why they're regime criminal lawyers. You see all these lawyers running around, supposedly after insurance companies and class actions and all this sort of thing. You, know, you want to... You want to see uh, what lawyers are here? Uh, go look at Better Call Saul. That's funny. You know, it shows the ambulance chasing weasel. But he doesn't. You know, I mean, but most of them don't have any heart and any decency at all. But you see the weasels chasing ambulances. Well, most of them make the money on probate. What they do is they wait for somebody, some white person who still has some money, to die, and they hang around. 
and they they look to make some money up here off of it here. And that's what gets me with my family. Way back in 1971, my grandfather Martin was killed by my grandmother Jenny, and she bought lawyers. The real pure lawyers, state capital lawyers, what widow lawyers, maybe even Jew lawyers, but you know, mostly just ordinary, sneaky Norwegian, what have you lawyers. And they pretty well did whatever the hell they wanted to and just fellowship, you know, or essentially disinherited my, you know, my mother, their only daughter. And of course, those grandchildren who old Martin had wanted to leave, the, you know, leave his ranch too. So, go forward 40 years, 40 some years. Here's my brother. Go ahead and tell my mother. But unlike, unlike, uh, you know, unlike old Jenny, he gets to go ahead and, uh, Give them, well, he only has to pay money. Give these cocksuckers like me doing it for free. Now, why do Martin has talked about genocide, arguing genocide? And, folks, I agree. Jews are out to go ahead and kill us. But, folks, we have Uyghurs on our own side wanting to kill us, too. Now, I've argued with Tom Bowie. I think he has a, I think he has a slightly more sunny, quite a bit sunnier disposition than I am. But folks, how can you build something? When you can build something, that's going to be destroyed by Zod Babylon. There's a reason why these Taliban, why here's a whole bunch of these Russian abandoned tanks. You see the Taliban getting in those tanks and using what few people who know how to drive a tank, putting them in there, and the answer is no. A tank is easily destroyed, especially if it's an old T-55 or T-62 or T-64 or even a T-72. What are they going to do with the tank? No, 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 no. What they do today, if you're a Taliban or Iraqi or an ISIS or whatever, you, all you do is arm them with an AK-47. I'm with AK-47. You can go ahead and cut off as many Jew reporter heads as you want. You don't put yourself in a big old position in a whole grouping where you can be slaughtered. Same way with white nationalism. All these organized things, there's odd false fronts here. Pierce got $400,000. He was really a scumbag when you come down to it. Ben Klassen was a Jew. Linder's a Jew. Corn Cobb, I think it's what, 40% Jew, 86% nigger. And then you have a bunch of characters who are Whiggers or faggots or, well, in the case of Andre the nigger, niggers here, but mainly Jew. Mike the Tyke Delaney, Sinkoshini, with some party Melungeons, and they all get together, a bunch of other Melungeons and Mamsers and Clowns and, you know, Zogbots and Tards. Why are you trying to build something? Oh, shit. Yeah, you think you're going to build you a tank out of shit? 
Pancake ain't good. Even if it functions here, something's just going to get shot up from the air. And there goes four or five of the very few technically literate people you have. No, you don't. What you do is you build relationships with your people. Go ahead and file those Rule 59E, pointing out is that guess what? This lawyer doesn't have absolute immunity. This case said, is a, hey, maybe he has the most qualified immunity. But, hey, I believe he conspired with my brother to say, hey, guess what? Keep up South Dakota and sell her a state in Missouri, and then you don't have to worry about it. And need be, Rand, bring her back, go ahead and kill her. Now, don't kill her directly. Just go ahead and make sure she doesn't have her blood pressure medicine. Go ahead and scare her to death. Do whatever you need to do. Don't worry about it. I hope that's what happened. She died five days before she was supposed to come down here to Missouri. Not that my brother had any intention. We have no intent. We have no idea what would happen because, folks, when you have a judge who will not obey any law, when you have lawyers who will not obey any law, what expect going to happen? This rule of law horseshit is just that. There's no rule of law. A state judge can disobey a state law, and guess what? A Missouri Attorney General underling will say, hey, guess what? I'm going to lie. I'm going to say that this judge had discretion to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. No, he didn't. He disobeyed state law. Why are you not prosecuting Kevin Lee Selby? Why are you not prosecuting Timothy Perigo? Far from giving them a run around line they have immunity, you should be prosecuting these judges who cannot obey state law. I have a question here. What good is law if the regime criminals who make it up ain't going to obey it? That's what I used to tell people 20 years ago. All these common law court clowns. I got myself elected a bailout to one in 1996. And Alfred A. Dask had a whole bunch of other characters. They had this crazy bitch named Candace Turner. I've been on two common law court juries. In fact, I've been a foreman for one. And what I try to do is I try to go ahead and find out the state law that underlied it and simply say, hey, guess what here? Let's just go state law and you can go ahead and talk about your 13th Amendment. You can talk about all this other good shit here. You have all these people, you don't understand. This is the law, the law, the law, the 13th Amendment. The original one said, no time for no building. Yes, 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 yes. But if they're not going to obey their own damn law, what makes you think they're going to listen to your bullshit? Right now, the judges, the Supreme Court judges, have ruled that Obongo carries constipationless. Guess what? They can make white people pay for niggers and beers. They can allow, let's not talk about the illegal immigration. Let's not talk about, let's not talk about anything. Let's talk about how faggots have special privileges the white men need to pay for. That's what, the, that's what they say the constipation stands for. 
you have crooked, you have stupid, weak politicians like the governor, Asa Hutchinson. That cocksucker used to be the Congress critter for Walmart and J.B. Hunt, and most of all, Tyson Foods, because he was the Congress critter from Northwest Arkansas. Now he's the governor. And Walmart said, oh, no, we can't have you go against our faggots. We can go ahead and refuse to pay our workers a living wage and tell them to, oh, shoot, just go ahead and get food stamps. While we are, while we are bringing in millions and billions of dollars, we're the biggest corporation. We can't pay our help more than minimum wage. Or Tyson Foods. Guess what? Let's pollute all these rivers. Let's let them have. Let's let, let them turn green from all the turkey and chicken sludge and litter. JB Hunt. Oh no. Let's not. Let's not increase the road tax for JB Hunt. There it is. The legislature all across Arkansas passes an old Asa Hutchinson said, I'm gonna I'm gonna veto I'm gonna go ahead and pass it. And then Walmart says, Oh, please, we don't want to be known as fragging unfriendly, please. And guess what? Only Hutchinson rolls over within what? Four hours? Presents this man China, you know, sort of like as if to uh you know, Andre the nigger, which has gone Roeem Rump Ranger, and guess what? I'm not going to sign this. You need to go ahead and give me covering concealment. And all these people believe and act like there is rule of law. Folks, I have been criticized for saying that wiggers need to be skinned out. I had this, I just, you guess 11 was Chamberlain. You know, when I was on Tom Bowie's uh, all-white all American radio. And, folks, if we are able, if we are able to deal with the traitors, the white traitors, if we're able to go ahead and gild their spawn who destroy our families, you know, gild the spawn of judges, lawyers, pig life, social workers, we're able to go ahead and clip the ovaries and fallopian tubes. You know, treat them like Buck versus Bell as if they are moral imbeciles, which was used to be the name for a sociopath. We can go ahead and destroy the lives and the families of clear traitors and even those who just go along to get along. Why in the world can we not, once we destroy clear traitors, don't you think that gunning down niggers and beaners and rendering down Jews for their pelts and their snouts here for soap, don't you think that's just going to be a hop, skip, and a jump? We need to take care of the traitors first within our own ranks. We need to tell them is that, guess what, Mogollon, it is not acceptable so much for you get in prison, but hey, for you to go ahead and put other people in prison, it's not acceptable bringing Jews to pretend to be Christian identity. It's not acceptable. 
to tell someone they can go ahead and murder his mother so he can make a killing at the expense of his brother and his sister. There's no future in it. You commit a crime of treason, essentially not only you, and your life forfeit, but your entire family's lives are forfeit. They'll be treated at best like animals here who need to be closely watched and need to be essentially created in slaves. But until we do that, until we determine that, hey, in a civil war, there's nothing other than sides. What side you're on? Around this time, April 5th, 1865, Robert E. Lee, the man who lost, the First Civil War, was being driven out of his trenches, holding the ring around Richmond. Richmond had been abandoned. It had to be abandoned. It could no longer be held. And Robert E. Lee was running into the Zogland like had happened with George Washington when he got his ass whooped in 1777 at the Battle of Long Island. Robert E. Lee was probably figuring out maybe it's time to break up my army, leave the cannons behind, leave everything behind, and maybe it's time to start fighting a real war, a real guerrilla war. Now, a civil war, when you are destroying everyone who's on the other side, without mercy, without, without respect for their age or sex or condition, when you're figuring out that it's time, because, folks, I think, you know, even if I didn't believe what I believe, the tribulation is coming. But even if I didn't believe what I was believed here, as a matter of politics, you go ahead, I think, I think that we can survive with just 10 million white people left. As long as there's no more niggers, no more beaners, no more wiggers, no more Jews. I think we could. I think we could go ahead and rebuild the civilization. We can't build civilization. We can't build anything as long as the current order is around. And folks, as long as you try to build something, so Babylon will take it away. 150 years ago, Civil War One in America was winding down. 150 years later, Civil War Two. Pretty well, well, I'm simmering on the pot. In the case here, we must understand the only law is Victor's law. You win, you get to do whatever the hell you want to. And those regime criminals who have their crooked law to where, guess what? We get to go ahead and violate the law, but you must be underneath it. You are the slave. Folks? Things will change. Only when you decide to change them. And does that mean I'm telling you to go out and do something stupid or illegal? No. I'm telling you that, uh, hey, folks, we must understand that we must hate and we must be determined that, hey, there will come a time to pay all the bills. There's time to make an accounting. And that time is now. That time is to wait. Don't produce anything. 
more than what you absolutely need. By all means, buy something that you that you're not going to be able to get, like ammunition. Understand something on how to grow food. But folks, start making start making alliances with those you can trust. That's what you should do here. William Pierce could have had Billy Roper bring in. If he could, Billy Roper could bring in 500 men to a rally, Billy Roper should have been put in charge. But he wasn't. Eric Levy was because Zog Babylon was ready to pull the plug in. William Pierce, being an amoral solipsist, had no intention of doing anything other than spending his last days in relative comfort here. Because William Pierce didn't believe anything other himself. And when he died, why? Who cares? All the talk about loving the white race. He didn't care. You know, it's, it's ridiculous to see the nigga nose type like Fink talk about, you know, wanting to save Christian Israel and yapping from some book written in 1969 about what, you know, he said, what he says happened here when he has no idea what happened. Or Andre the nigger. Or anybody else here. And three or four years ago, they were anti-racist activists here. I don't think, I don't think Jesus Christ came to them somewhere on the road to Damascus and changed their mind. Folks, this war, this coming civil war, which is simmering, and 50 years after the loss of the first civil war, what happens is that we must understand is that we must act as, you know, well, don't hate globally, kill locally. Is a policeman or a child of a policeman ever likely to be on your side even if he has a white skin? No. Is he going to go ahead and go along with his killing or disposition? Even though he's done that to you, he's destroyed your family. Is he going to go ahead and go along with that? No. The spawn of a judge, even a Whigger judge, is he likely to go to the other side and become a Lord Coke? No. Social worker, steeped in feminism, to claim that, you know, claim on one hand that, oh no, you're evil because you don't like niggers, but on the other hand, don't really want to live next to them. Runs around, buys themselves like children. Do you think that person or that person's family can ever be trusted? I don't think so. I think that these people who benefit from the current situation, from the current order, need to be marked as traitors and deprived of their lives, their liberties, their property, and their families and they need to be sent screaming to hell. And when this system starts breaking down, as it is, as it inevitably is, see, hell comes to he has a plan. problem of it is it involves building something. 
And today, if you build something, you make yourself a mark to where whatever you build will either be infiltrated, subverted, or overtly destroyed. Jesus Christ himself. Here he is. He's running around for three, for three, three and a half years, and he has some very close people. And one of them, who he likes a lot, says, I'll always stand by you. And he says, no, you're not. Three times, you know, I'm going to be arrested tonight. And I'm going to be judicially murdered. As soon after I get arrested in the middle of the night, there's going to be a rooster crawl, you know, crowing three times for the dawn. And you're going to deny me them three times. Sure enough, that happened now, folks. I don't think any of you are greater than Jesus Christ. If you're not greater than Jesus Christ, you ought to know your limitations then. He knew his followers' limitations, and he wasn't worried about them because you know, he had time for that thing in that place. But in any case, those who benefit from the current system are implacable enemies and traitors to the white race. And what happens is that, like it says in Ezekiel chapter 9, the killing must take place. The exterminations must take place. Not only within the city of Jerusalem, but within the house of Yahweh first. So anyway, that's what I want to talk about uh, in a roundabout way. So anyway, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at those cases. I'm looking at those cases. It don't matter what the law is. Hey, my brother gets away with whatever he wants to do because guess what? We got to protect these state judges. We got to have the law in Missouri, even though there's no law in Missouri. There's a law in general. Your federal judges, they agree with that. And probably what we're going to see pretty soon before the end of summer is a Supreme Court rule. The faggots have better rights than white people, heterosexual white people. We all must go ahead and honor their pretenses that they're faggotry. It's somewhat sacred and beloved of Yahweh. I don't think so. And like me, these bunch of faggots with marriage license, to me it's just a list of who to pokerize. Who shout who who to go ahead and heat up a light hot poker and shove up them faggot assholes here. I now pronounce you I now pronounce you formally red hot red hot poker and dead faggot joker. So all right, let's take a break and we'll be back in victory.
Yes, I am. We got a Wigger problem. Wigger's always on my mind. The way they run to and fro. Stupid Wigger you'll never find. Yes, I admit we got a Wigger problem. Fill the top up to the top. The way they run to and fro. And they're always eating slop. I wake up and ride away. Stupid wiggers come to mind. The way they run to and fro. Stupid wiggers you'll never find. Yes, I am we got a wigger problem. Wigger's always on my mind. The way they run to and fro. Stupid wigs you'll never find. Yes, I admit we got a wigger problem. Fill the trough up to the top. The way they run to and fro. And always eat your slop. Where you keep remembering how good Zog used to be. Me and Carl Stone, our freedom memory. Yes, I am. 
the way they were to and fro. If the wheels you'll never find. Yes, I admit we got a wigger problem. Fill the top up to the top. The way they went to and fro. And they're always eating slop. The way they went to and fro. And they're always eating slop. Okay, we're back. Uh, I'd like to thank that person who sent me that uh, picture of old Andre the Nigger, <laughs> the sex tourist, the Guka sex tourist, the underage Guka sex tourist, with that picture in front of a whole bunch of little anime dolls here. It looks like some little Japper girl's boudoir or something like that here. Can you imagine you're a Japper, you're, you're a Japper father? And here you are, here you are, and you have old Andre the Nigger, uh, you have Andre the Nigger, you know, in your little little Japper girl's boudoir. But even worse here, you have Kevin Alfred Strom, who's hiding in the bushes outside the door here. Kevin and Andre. Kelly Alfred Sperm and you know, Andre and the nigger Angeline here. Well, they're just interested your little your little Japper girls coontang here, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that's that's what we got in our wonderful bowel movement, okay? So anyway, uh let's see here. Uh yeah, it's it's a uh, you know well that's what that's what Finkelshini is like. I mean, he claims to be all sorts. I, I was listening to. He was yapping. He was yapping about this stuff which had occurred supposedly around the what first century B.C. A.D. What have you? And Finkelshini has no idea what he's talking about. He's just reading a book. Is all he's doing. He's just reading a book, you know, written supposedly in 1969. He's asking, acting as if he studied it. No, think gets the stuff here. He didn't make his new Talmud translation. He didn't make, you know, he was given it. He was given it for when he got out of prison. I think it was arranged. I think by 2000, he goes ahead and finds out that old Jennifer, you know, Jenny Fink with big tits is marrying a quarter Jew Ukrainian with smaller nose. She says, hey, Daddy, we have to we have to go ahead and get the nigger, nigger nose taken down, cut down quite a bit here. So I'm going to marry a Ukrainian. And old Finkelstein says, no, 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 Jenny. I need to get into the bowel movement. Uh, I'll find out my little kikas daughter is marrying a quarter Jew Ukrainian. Why well, I won't be able to get in. And she says, Daddy, looks like we're going to have to celebrate. We're going to have to celebrate. Thanksgiving without you. That's a cross between Thanksgiving and Hanukkah. Anyway, Russ Walker was telling me that he goes in there and, you know, to someone who's a Christian, a real Christian, he has this, he has this heifer who used to be uh, 
Judith Nips, who used to be the Wick the Dicks number one or two or three or whatever hump it was, it was one or two before, you know, we loaded up that heifer in Sepulpa, you know, at the Sepulpa Walmart in Oklahoma, you know, and took her up to Michigan to hump her. Uh, old Judy had a hail squeezed out a kid, and all she got from that was the was the list of the same diploma mill that gave the wick the dick his diploma. And I've listened to her yapping to us for, and he, she doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Anyway, Russ has said to me about how I'm a blasphemer because I don't believe this Ephraim Scepter bullshit. But anyway, he's going to get to speak, you know, speak there, but he went. He's always annoyed when he goes to see Buddy Johnson because, oh, two years ago, there was some lumpy Melungeon 10 miles down the road who was a rude, was a rude, crude, uh, well, CI dentist here who was a lumpy Melungeon like, well, maybe Russ, I don't know. But anyway, I'm not going to go back, Buddy, unless you get rid of this lumpy who from Lumberton. Okay. So Russ, you know, so old buddy, you know, buddy Johnson got rid of him. He went up there, and old Russell said he was repulsed because here are these people, they're keeping the Sabbath without Christ. What they've done is they found somehow found a live lamb. And I don't see why he couldn't find a live turtle dove or a morning dove or a pigeon. A pigeon, you know, I, I was just saying we're, we just say we're poor. We could only afford a squab. You know, when you go ahead and cook it up, it's a squab. We can always find we can always find a small Cornish game hen or a chicken, but no, they they cut they they cut the throat of this lamb around 4 p.m. Thursday, Thursday, and Russ is you know Russ is sort of like a scene from The Walking Dead. Uh, you know whether you know the cannibals are slutting these wiggers' throat, you know these wiggers' throats here at terminus. Russell will have turned off turned off by that. Uh and he says that they they uh you know they went ahead and skinned it out or did whatever they do to it after they, you know, drained its blood into a trough or something like that and scattered it, sprinkled it around. Russell was getting all freaked out. And so it's still t- eight hours later, eight hours later, I guess they're cooking a hole. Maybe somebody's supposed to be turning the pit. I spit, I don't know, but Russell where he got that's where he got freaked out here, and he headed on home back to, uh, you know, back to wherever. And maybe, or maybe, maybe he went on to Nashville to visit the lesbian daughter and to fight with Logan Hunter's, uh, you know, uh, father here, who uh, ain't, you know, ain't down on Jews enough. Who knows? So anyway, he got, he got in, he got in and looked at my email. I'm not sure if you looked at that YouTube video that uh, Dewey Tucker. You know, well, he made the video. He made the MP4. He gave me the gave me the access to the MP4. So I put it up as a YouTube video. But anyway, Old Rusper says he's going to be at eight o'clock p.m. Central Time, nine o'clock uh, Rusper Time, Eastern Time, Papa Cat Time, and he's going to argue. He's going to get to state his part about Ethan Scepter. I point out that Dewey was not going to debate him. But Dewey might very well call in. I mean, I've agreed to, uh, if I extend the invite to Russ, where I'm going to extend the invite to Dewey for, well, not Dewey for, Dewey's pretty sharp. I don't agree with him, but Dewey is pretty sharp. 
So Rossburg is going to get to rant and rave about, you know, that Joseph was the father, the ancestor of Christ as opposed to Judah, which is bullshit. He's going to get to claim that, you know, Bethlehem, which was in Galilee, you know, which was given to Napoli or Zebulun, is now, you know, is, was a real one, which even though it didn't exist at the time of Christian, he could get to say that Paul is an apostle. He's going to get to say a lot of things. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to let him, you know, not debate, but I'm going to let I'm going to let Rutherford say whatever stupid thing comes into his head, however long it takes. And then we'll open it up to questions. And we'll see how long Rutherford lasts. <laughs> you know, he, called in to do, he called in to do his show about a month ago, around the tail end of, uh, I think it was December 20th. He was all mad. He called Dewey a GD liar. And Dewey, you know, Dewey pointed out and said, hey, I'm not responsible for the fact you haven't read anything. But Westworld was telling me, well, uh, we know a whole bunch of other stuff. I said, shoot, you hang around all these characters you can't even get along with. And we're supposed to follow whatever nonsense they come up with, you know, at this last minute. So, no, Russ, I'm going to let you pretty well say whatever the heck you want to. I'm not going to cut you off. You get to make your point. It's not really going to be a debate, but after that, unlike Rabbi Finkelstein, you cannot stand questions. We'll see how long you ask long enough, Finkelstein, and people will be able to ask questions. Do he want to ask a question? Fine. If I want to ask a question, that's fine, too. But what I've done is in the month or so I've gotten this, you know, strong, exhaustive concordance here, why you go up and look at you, look Bethlehem, there was a Bethlehem, and you know there was a Bethlehem. In what Zebulun and Naphtali, in Galilee, but only they only lasted uh, during the time of uh, Joshua. Bethlehem meant house of bread. Beth, you know, I said Bethel meant house of God. So anyway, uh, we will, we will, you know, coming Wednesday, we will have Elections Tuesday. I'm going to come in dead last for school board and for uh, and for uh, mayor. I have no doubt. Uh, Roxy, she got an absolute ballot, and I'm going to probably vote live. Uh, uh, what Tuesday? And we will see how it goes. Okay. Who is John Famine? I don't know. Rabbi Rockbrand here. Okay. Bounty liar and count. Oh, yeah. <laughs> took him eight hours. It took him four hours. They still, didn't, they still didn't have the dang thing cooked. Okay. Let's see. I'm, I'm clicking that YouTube video, even though I can't play them in the Tor browser. Okay. 
Okay. That is purpose. Well, I'm not. Stone witness. Yeah, that was that was it. I mean, even that. Oh, e liar. Joe Joe November. This was way back in what 1993. Chicago. Twenty. Oh, twenty some years ago. Even that old e liar. Sound like a uh, looks like a Jew boy even that here. Okay. So enjoy. Well, I, I went ahead found Rabbi Eli in concert. Well, Brian Real found at Rabbi Eli in concert. Let's see. I'm looking at that here. Just like the only one's talking is, uh, let's see. We're going to have that long day tomorrow. Well, good night, Tom. Let's see. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for packing. You read all the emails and do audio books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the former chat here. Read first Corinthians. Okay. Well, I, she is Catholic here. Let's see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm enough chortling, enough chortling at the tard, at the tard stuff here. Let's see. All right, I've, I've looked at you tards. I've looked at you tards enough here. I looked in your chat. It's sort of like heckle and jekyll on map here. Is what it looks like. Hold on. Okay, it looks like my chat room sort of got messed up here. Okay, I'm going to have to redo this. Okay. Heckle and Jekyll, you know, heckle and Jekyll on meth here. Well, 
Let's see. Other calls? Uh, no, I didn't, get, I didn't get blocked for that here. Okay. So, who's Jan, John Spahm? I don't know. Okay, folks. Uh, this, let me... Let me go ahead and bring up, well, let's see what's going on in the bowel movement some more here. Okay, got some old stuff here. Old, old stuff here. Let's see. Two days ago here. Look at the last page. Look at the last page of BNN. You have Linder. You have Linder pretty well saying that uh, having the Meerkat is being paid do what uh, having the Meerkat does. Let's see, where am I at? Well, having admits that he was not impressed with the numbers that turned out for Roper's events. He probably wasn't. Uh, guess what? Pierce didn't want most of these characters showing up as events. He wanted to make sure that all this money from the book sales and the, the record sales, all their stuff went to, uh, well, Pierce. Okay, look at this little character. One day ago here, he goes and he's he's responding to he's responding to Hatting. He says, "Stick to playing lawyer ball with Cubby, aka Tubby. That's your sphere of effectivity." Okay, well, here's Linder. He's yapping about how it doesn't really matter. Linder asked, Linder asked, heading Meerkat, whether or not Brown versus Board of, of education was legal or not, was legal or illegal. Well, folks, these regime criminals in the Supreme Court and then what, state courts, they say what's legal, even if it ain't. Even when they don't obey their own laws, they claim that's legal because they say it is. So they always find tools to defend their actions to the victims. This two boy is right. And he says, what, which is what you're doing, whether you realize it or not, or paid to advance it or not. So he's saying Hatting is paid to advance his bullshit.
but he's 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 now claiming that he that poor old Kevin Alperstrom was innocent, even though he pled guilty. And then he says, who knows? The effect is the same. Now that I've just used two two examples to disprove his thesis, he will reappear with fresh lies to discount what I've said. Linder kicked out. Linder kicked out Edgar Steele. After Edgar Steele was arrested in 2009, Linder, Linder was already being known as a Jew boy. Linder didn't have any choice but to kick out Hanning. He kicked out Hanning for telling lies. Now he's claiming again that Hanning is telling lies, but not about Edgar Steele, but about him. I am wondering how long will it going to be before old Linder kicks out old Hanning's meerkat? That would amuse me no end. Let's see. You will appear with fresh lies to discount what I said. I am predicting that old I am predicting I'm predicting, you know, twenty three hours ago, Linder says, you know, he you know, Hattie was said Elisha could set up charges, and then Linder says, Elisha can file charges now? Yeah, okay. Our government sets up whole nations, you know, CWMD, which means weapons of mass destruction, big lie, but plays straight with individuals. What's your motive in lying? What do you get out of this chess paw? Well, Linder's a big one talking about chess paw. I'm looking at page number 72, and what they're doing, they're talking about the new National Alliance. Now, Wiggerswell, Wiggerswell said that Linder is a team player. Linder isn't loyal to me. And old Linder says, hey, I'm not loyal to, uh, what, you, Wiggerswell? Really? Pierce went and took that Jew boy. Out of where it's been abandoned, and he brought him up. Gave him a few song bucks to start Vanguard News Network. Then when Pierce died, why, guess what? Pierce, you know, Linder didn't have any money. Linder didn't have any ability to have a web page. Linder didn't have anything. What does Linder do? Linder goes with the one who has a bit of it, a.k.a. Billy Roper, who does have a V-Bolton license. And we had somebody named Tom Martin who was computer savvy, who had a web server. That's who Linda went with. And he went with, you know, he went with other characters like Trey, you know, well, not Trey Glenn Miller. The Christmas crew was Billy Roper. He had no choice but to get rid of Trader Glenn Miller because he was running around with Pastor Butler the last year of Butler's life. And Catch a Lane sold, her, sold him for David Lane stuff. So here, you had both the order 
and Christian Aryan nature supporting Billy Roper. But guess what? Billy Roper didn't have any choice but to say, hey, guess what? I begged you for you, Linder, to get rid of Trader Glenn Miller, but you won't get rid of Trader Glenn Miller. So guess what? I'm going to ban Trader Glenn Miller. I'm going to remove Trader Glenn Miller's posts. I'm going to untar this one character you have you have banned. And guess what? We're going to run VNN here until you are able to pay for your own server. You need to pay for your own you know, bulletin board license. You're going to have to pay for it. Fresh from scratch. And after eight days, Trader Glenn Miller gave Linder, gave Linder the money to buy the server like, like that server needed, okay? All right? So I'm looking at this here. Okay. Pop a chat. John Shelby. Oh, by the way, by the way, they were yapping about Wikipedia. Wikipedia on 60 Minutes. A.K.A. Jewpedia. Oh, by the way, I was looking at Metapedia. And they were they were supporting old Carolyn Yenta. They were supporting Carolyn Yenta, claiming that her ex-husband, Theodore Cahot, was not a Jew name. That's a Jew name. A Cahot is sort of somewhere underneath a cantor or something like that. Some, it's some sort of office, some sort of religious office of uh, the minor Levitical priesthood is what it is. Okay. Retired Bishop of Newark. Well, that's nice. Jack Spong. Okay. Little Buster dead? No, he's 83 years old. Hmm. Maybe older. Okay, you missed of the year. Unbiblical? All righty. Form it all you want. There's no provision for reality. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the chat. It seems to. It seems to have gone downhill. Now that Heckle and Jekyll decide to do something else here. Okay. Oh, I've been talking for about about three minutes. Plus, I'm going to take another break. I'm going to take another break and take a few sips of uh, Boulder Swill, and we will be back. I may decide to log off. And enough of you, but 
Pretty well, in this section, looks like Linda is getting all annoyed at having the meerkat. And having the meerkat was brought back by old Susan Africa and Linda to bring back both Hattie and Wiggerswell. You know, Linda was not going to bring back Wiggerswell. You know, he, he knew Wiggerswell was an asshole who tried to take over shit. And, uh, you know, he, he was right and raved by Wiggerswell. I wouldn't be surprised old Hattie and the meerkat gets his ass booted, okay? <laughs> well, that's good, guest number three. By the way, by the way, Johnny Tonto Britain, Johnny Tonto Britain is back. Uh, Johnny Tonto Britain was whining about Dewey Tucker. Uh, I guess Dewey Tucker kicked his uh, Uncle Newman and him off because his Uncle Newman was married to an Indian squaw named Sally from Arkansas. And, uh, yeah, he, you know, he, you know, old Johnny Tonto is old, you know, is whining about that here. So anyway, folks, we're going to take another break. I'm going to go back to the, uh, well, I'll probably talk about Rodney Martin and a few other things which are going on. Uh, you know, I, I'm hoping Rodney will have enough sense not to bring in more Scalette. Uh, because, shoot, Galette, Galette had a free free ride, free ride, and he had no more sense than to get himself and some other clown put into jail over an idiotic charge. Yeah, and now look at that on Metapedia. These characters who are writing Metapedia Sounds like they're pro Andre the Nigger. Sounds like they're pro Fink. Sounds like they're pro Zogmot Tard. Carolyn Yenta. That's probably why I'm not going too much against old Codney Martin. Because, hey, guess what? The Yenta skank is so screechy against old Codney. But on the other hand, you don't. You know, I, I've tried to tell Rodney Martin, uh, shoot, get rid of Eli James. There's a Chicago Sephardi Jew. And it was what? Oh, around this time of year, last year, that this Kathy Curry, this uh, Sephardi Kikis, Arab Sephardi Kikis, who used to be buddy, whose family used to be buddy, Frank Collin. From Chicago, got me bad. Another character named Steve Smith, who whined like a pussy, who is uh, all in for Eli James here. I'm probably going to have to sue Eli James. You know, in the case in the case of that uh, in case of that uh, lawsuit against my brother, the judge on the 31st of March, you know, asked for an order to show cause to New County, Missouri, for why they haven't answered. And the Newton County Sheriff's Department, why they haven't answered much at all. And what I need to do is I need to, you know, pay $505 and file a notice of appeal. Okay? <laughs> oh, okay. Renegade Tribune. Screenshot. I need to look at that here. Oh, Corn Cobb. He keeps looking jewier and jewier every day. You proclaim that? Well, hey, 
He got him some pit bulls. Corn cob looks like a freezing shoe boy. X black. We gotta wonder. You gotta wonder. How do you become an ex nigger? How do you become an ex nigger? The neo gulag two miles below white hate in Kanekastat. Okay, he's in Sherwood. Well, corn cob, stay on your side of the line. Or corn cob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. You got to have an old court cop. I mean, shoot. He has a two room shack, so like he didn't leave. You know, <laughs> he got him some, he got him what, three puppy dogs? Three big puppy dogs. Yeah, it's, you know, he's having a three dog night every night. Joy to the world. You know, what happens is that uh, I, I remember when I was a kid listening to Casey Kasem talk about, uh, talk about uh, you know, the aborigines here. When you get sort of cold, they, they, they have one dog, you know, get sent to bed with them here. They have one dog in bed. And then if it gets colder here, they, you, know, you know, they get two dogs, you know, in bed. And if it gets really, really cold, it's a three-dog night. So, joy to the corn cob. <laughs> Oh heck! Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Y'all, y'all, I, I find corn cob hilarious, though. I really do. I find that corn cob hilarious. So anyway, two miles more Whitehaven connects stand, and you see corn cob, and I mean he's living in a hovel in North Dakota, two miles south of Kanekistani border. And you go, corn cob, you go. Have fun. Oh, corn cob. He looks like he's back to growing a skullet. Suppose we'll be back. Corn cob back. Hey, hot. You can you can suspect what you want here.
still happen. Come on, play. Well done. Golden oldies. Okay.
is just pretty little fake here. Uh, folks, uh, don't post, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, take the red pill, take the red pill. <laughs> oh, heck, Andre the Nigger. Let me see what's going on on Facebook. Rodney Martin. Okay. Okay, Kurt Cobain committed suicide 21 years ago on this date. Well, that's nice. He went ahead and found a you know big fat nasty kikus here named Courtney Courtney Love, and she bought sent him to it here. Let's see. Okay. All right. Additional youth network here. Okay. I'm looking at Facebook. I got a number of friends here I look at. Facebook friends, though. Okay. All right. Roxy got me on Candy Crush. Okay. I'm looking at this here. This guy likes cats. Okay, let's see. Well, okay, let me see. What else was I going to talk about? I covered that here. Let me cover. Oh, let me go ahead and cover Oxdale descent here. We'll cut here, Walrus. We'll cut here, believes, just because he, just because he, uh, oh, has shown up here. He's asking now about gay marriage in the Roman Empire. That he gives a crap about that here. Okay, A N N Radio with Rodney Martin. I had what about fifteen comments. I actually listened to it, and you have Hunter Wallace trying to say that uh, just because he, just because he, uh, well, essentially married the boss's daughter. Now they're talking about what they're going to do afterwards. Eat your hand, chaos. Have candy themselves. Well, that's nice here. Easter eggs this morning, except claw hammer. <laughs> okay. I hit the key here. Easter egg hunt the sand. 
Well, I had Easter, you know. My granddaughter, you know, when she was three and four, she was so cute just chasing them their little Easter eggs. She'd run and run and run, give by a dozen or so. Adults push and trample crying toddlers here. Well, shit, you know, you have a whole bunch of you have a whole bunch of brown people there. They're like at Walmart. I mean, you look at mainly niggers. Up up candy, meant for youngsters. Yep. Was raising money for victims of human trafficking, and guess what? Little little beerlets. You can tell there's only one or two white kids there. They spent ten thousand transporting five hundred ten thousand plastic case from Florida. Okay. Okay, well, they're trying to do something, and pretty well, they end up having, looks like mainly beavers. What do you expect in California? What do you expect here? Okay. <laughs> okay, well, I went ahead and hit the, I went ahead and hit the uh, key here. Looks like a carb hunter pretty well headed out. Uh. Swampat Crips was Hunter He had, you know, he's been on the internet for a long time. Uh, and he first came on, he was a really rich boy who was a college student back in the tail end of 2004. They formed a forum called Befora.com. And he would, you know, he would buy a early. Uh, he bought an early version of D-Bolt. Now, Stormfront bought, got got on D-Bolt in 2003. Linder got the money. Well, he didn't get the money. Billy Roper got the money after he got kicked out of by Pierce. You know, and, uh, you, know, because, you know, Pierce, Pierce made sure that his organization would implode. You know, that's why what your school got. Now, folks, they are the Nargers, the N-A-A-R-G, National Alliance, uh, something here. I call them the Nargers. The Nargers uh, might very well win. The Nargers might very well win. And uh, from what...
Okay, I'm back. The beer phone let me down. The beer phone let me down. Let's see. Yeah, Roper is now Christian Daddy. Uh, let's see. And he's been, he been, you know, Roper was, I think, the best of the Pierce Tarts. They like, you know, I don't know if the Nargers are going to win. I call them the Narger. That a N A R R G. You know, I call them the Nargers. And the Nargers, where am I at? Yeah, the Nargers. <laughs> They're still suing. They're still suing. Uh, close that now. Okay. Are you using Tor? Yes, I am. Don't mess around with pills. Okay. Where's that thread? Okay, I'm going to go back and talk about the Nargers. N-A-R-R-G. National Alliance Reform and Restoration Group here. I call them the Nargers. The Nargers, well, yeah, good pitch for the old figure as well. Uh, this article is for newer people just recently becoming aware of the current lawsuit to save the National Alliance and not in the know about all the details for this case, which was filed in January 2014. Now, I don't really know. I don't really know why the National Alliance Reform Restoration Group would have any standing to file. Because, you know, I, I always want to ask Rodney Martin. He won't, he, Rodney Martin doesn't have callers. He really will not allow callers. Sort of like Finkel Schumann. They won't allow callers. So I've always been wondering, okay, Sanders Pierce, uh, your brother, why didn't he leave the National Alliance to you? Have you won it? Why didn't he do that? Answer. Hey, he had $400,000 in water loot, and Pierce was a fairly good businessman. But when the time came Pierce for Pierce to die, now, he wasn't made to testify like Trader Glenn Miller or Dan Gaiman or anybody else. When the time came, Pierce had prostate cancer, and you know, not prostate, but pancreatic cancer. And today, today, pancreatic cancer is a death sentence. Used to be you were a young kid and you had leukemia, that was a death sentence. Now, well, there's, there's, there's methods of treatment. Now, in most cases, you're surviving the chemotherapy or you're surviving the surgery more than you're surviving the cancer cells. But you have pancreatic cancer, and it's more and more common because I believe it's just because of people eating this high fructose corn syrup, which is a pancreas, pancreas buster. But you have pancreatic cancer, you have a death, you have a death warrant. You can spend about, oh, a couple hundred million, you know, you know, breaking the line like Steve Jobs in order to buy you a liver. That's what Steve Jobs did. He spent, I think, about 100 million, 200 million for a, you know, to cut the line to get a liver. But hey, he ended up dying of pancreatic cancer anyway, didn't he? Yeah, for sure he did. Okay. 
<laughs> Great cop, new mug shots here, you know. I'll look at that in a little bit here. But he got that money. He was told to close it down. When Billy Roper was trying to expand it, when Chester Doles was trying to expand it, well, guess what, Pierce? You know, Pierce, uh, when, you know, after he died, Billy Roper was let go. While Pierce was still alive, Chester Doles was run through the ringer. Heck, I remember in the, what, summer 2000 here, Linder is sending donations to pay for a lawyer for Chester Doles, and they got Bob Barr, who had been kicked out of Congress. Well, Bob Barr will represent him. No, Bob Barr just took the $75,000 that was collected, $75,000 that was collected. And by the way, I, you know, I mailed in a check. I sent in a check for $10 or $20. I forget what it was, $10 or $20. I sent a check in for something. You know, $10 or $20 to Lender. Lender didn't trust me even then. You know, Linda was sort of scared of what I might say about him, but in case, uh, you know, send in a check, and guess what? Justin Dole's got $75,000. You had this guy named Victor Gerhardt who had money, or Victor something or another from New Jersey who had money, and he matched what was, you know, Set up, and essentially got about seventy-five thousand. Guess what? Chester Doles got old Bob Barr, who became a Libertoon candidate in two thousand four, two thousand eight. Forget which. Didn't make it in the Republican, you know. Didn't make it in the Republican era. Didn't make it in the, you know. Didn't make it as a Republican. Didn't make it as a Libertoon. You know, didn't make it as a Libertoon either. Anyway, Chester Doles. Was given a whole bunch of money for a lawyer, and all he got was a plea bargain. A plea bargain. Seventy-five thousand was sent in. Linder, Linder, he's a smart Jew boy, or at least a smarter Jew boy. He realizes that hey, sending in a whole bunch of money for a defense fund is a waste of time. That's why I got a laugh here, old Susan. You know, Susan Yarbrough. Hey. See if you can't get old Morris Gillette here to kick in what a portion of that five hundred thousand for the order. You can't get him to kick in a you know, percentage here. Not going to do it. Pierce got this order money. And I wouldn't be surprised if such as Alabama says, "Hey, look, don't." allow Billy Roper to take over it. Don't allow your brother Sanders Pierce to take over it. Let this idiot, this idiot who's running resistance records and who can be counted to screw it up, let him run it. But guess what? He goes ahead last last fall. He out and out gives it to Wintersquill Williams who essentially buys these books. Buys Pierce's library of 27,000 volumes or something like that. 
buy it from you know buys it from Glebe, and Glebe's already been told he can't sell nationalized property. Be sold to he sold to uh, Wiggerswell. Here's Wiggerswell. By the way, Wiggerswell didn't show up. Wiggerswell was deposed, and Wiggerswell did not show up. It's entirely possible that the Nargers are going to end the reign of Wiggerswell. Now, Wiggerswell, guess what? You know, the assets are not to be set here. You have no business sending the assets, Eric Levy. Give them or transfer them in any case here to Wiggerswell. And pretty well, I have I've looked at the Nargar at the Nogger case here, and from what I gather, Wiggerswell did not show up on uh what uh, you know, uh just a week or so ago. How much did the Yarborough fundraiser get? I think it got less than two hundred dollars. Because old Cody was having a shit bit about it. I probably all send some money. You know, I probably all send me I probably all send me twenty or thirty dollars to the to the cause. But I'd probably prefer to give it to Gary Yarbrough's canteen fund. <laughs> That's what I'd prefer to do. But Gary, you know, Zog Babylon, you, know, you, you send money. I, I really do not like sending any money to, quote, pay lawyers to make Zog Babylon obey the law. I mean, I'm dealing with a piece of shit lawyer who has just gotten away with essentially telling my brother, go ahead, leave her up in South Dakota. You want to take her down here? Go ahead and kill her. No big deal. Now, they promised, they essentially promised these people who gave up on the order. You know, Bob Matthews didn't give up. Bob Matthews was a heroic man. I don't think he was a smart man. I don't think that money, you know, whether he gave $400,000 to Pierce or what, quarter million trade to go and Miller, that wasn't smart. Pretty well, like, told Catch Lane here. You gave this guy who ran it out, who's going to rat out, has this book about how he ran off in Greensboro, North Carolina, who later on, well, I didn't know about him being a snitch way back, was in the army, but hey, he did his own damn book. I'm reading how he ran out in Greensboro, North Carolina. And you got to wonder if he was with that other police informant who deliberately stopped that thing in this nigger uh, in this nigger project zone. Do that, but since wasn't there wasn't there anybody isn't there any institutional memory in the bowel movement? It seems that the only institutional memory in the bowel movement is old archives of the movement term. That's about the only institutional memory that there is. I remember reading on Facebook, he was pissing him on because Covington, he he went ahead and maybe gave a little bit uh, or gave some time. There was a telephone, and I didn't hear it here. And... 
essentially Mrs. Yarbrough has been looking for the past year or two to try to get her husband out of prison. He got a 30-year sentence. Well, the 30-year sentence was up last year. He's still in prison. Why is that? Well, because Dog Babylon doesn't want to obey the rules here. I don't know. If you're of a certain age and you've lived, you know, sort of like Edgar Steele, that's what gets me. I mean, the Whitney Whimple was, you know, was not a very good lawyer. You know, this, I mean, something even feels for that idiot, for that, for that, you know, weirdo, idiot, Zogbot freak, Kevin Alfred Strong. Was he all, well, you know, maybe he wasn't guilty of the child porn. Maybe he wasn't. It's a weak, weak character. A weak, 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 weak character here. Now, folks, if you want to, if you want to, you know, I'm not in prison. I'm not in prison or murdered in prison simply because, hey, I never did anything other than show hatred and contempt. Was on that one. I never said, hey, I never said, oh, please, send me money for, send me money for my legal campaign. No. Why, you know, folks, you shouldn't want a lawyer. You shouldn't have a lawyer. You don't want a lawyer representing you. I, I was forced with a lawyer. Uh, Got a fist fight on no, August 9, 1994. I went ahead and sued pro, you know, uh, informal papas pro se. And then this was about the third or fourth or fifth or sixth lawsuit from the 1990s. It went up there, and I ended up paying, I ended up paying what? Oh, 100 and, I ended up paying for it to actually be heard. This was in 1997 or something like that here. I actually paid some money for it to be heard by the Eighth Circuit. So they didn't want to listen to me, so I said, hey, look, I paid you the money. I'll be heard. So what they do, they, they, they essentially force, okay, but you have to have a lawyer. We're tired of listening to your bullshit. So they force a lawyer on me. As a, as a pro se plaintiff, they forced a lawyer on me. And, you know, this effort worked for the... Arthur Benson, the second or third law firm, which had cost Missouri a couple billion dollars for Kansas City desegregation. Now, it's all sort of funny because here this is super liberal, super liberal law bitch. She's still the same judge here, you know, Dean Whipple. But Dean Whipple essentially had shut down the Kansas, this was about the, you know, what, the case called Jenkins here. You know, this Jenkins School District in, uh, you know, in Kansas City. And she's bitching. She's bitching. And she'd already, she'd already come off a suit suing these, oh, suing these uh, mall owners and what, Truman Corners? For essentially playing, Mo, you know, playing Mozart and having their security forces harass young niggers, nigger bucks. And here she is. She's a couple years older than me, and she's she's a she's a liberal with this lawyer, 
And some part of her realizes that niggers are dangerous, especially nigger, you know, nigger males. I mean, you know, a nigger, a nigger buck is nothing more than a nigger buck is nothing more than what life support system for a nigger cock. That, that's all a nigger is. A nigger buck is just simply life support for a nigger cock, especially when they're young. And then when they grow older, they become old niggers, and they're not even worth that much. I mean, you know, niggers are pretty worthless. Most shiftless, most shiftless, dumbest, you know, of all the uh, major races here. You know, I mean, they're the dumbest and beasts in the field. And here she is. She she realizes they're worthless, but she is suing. She is suing these mall owners essentially trying to protect their property from niggers. And I say, hey, look, do I need to go up to St. Louis? Do I need to go up to St. Louis? About this time in 1998, do I need to go up to St. Louis for the oral argument? Oh, no, don't bother. Well, the fact of the matter is, is I sent the discovery by this, you know, same law firm of Blanchard Roberts here, same bunch who essentially are the are the lawyers for the regime criminals, you know, in Joplin, Missouri. You know, when all these people can't obey the law, when the government, you know, government officials, school board, council quitters, whatever, cannot obey the law. Essentially, this was, you know, I'd already given, I'd already given the, you know, I mean, I'd already given the initial I'd already given the initial discovery. It consisted of a audio tape to where this the city council critter comes up to me and said, you call me a moral whopper? Yeah, whap, you ask me. So I go ahead and I whap him. And then we go in front of this here cocksucker, you know, Judge Greggy Stremmel. He disappears for about, oh, 30 minutes. He goes up to see. Scott Watson, Scott Watson says, well, there's no disturbing the priest, and there is no, then there was no assault. Well, there was an assault. I was assaulted. As far as disturbing a peace, that's just a bullshit charge. It's, you know, it's, it's essentially overbroad and unconstitutional. It's an excuse to arrest somebody. That's all it is. It's just an excuse for a false arrest, disturbing the peace. As far as disturbing the peace is concerned, I was reading the Encyclopedia Britannica. Supposedly, a law enforcement official is supposed to read the Riot Act of King George II of what, 1725, 1730, or something like that, and give the crowd 30 minutes to disperse. You know, it's all bullshit. So, anyway. This was this case involving just nothing more than a fist fight. Not much of a fist fight. The, you know, the damned uh, council critter came up to me, and you know, and, I mean, he was out. He, he, you know, he was out to, he was out to go ahead and give me a hard time, and then, you know, shoot, his buddies on the council, you know, the council critters jumped on me. You know, four out of five of them jumped on me. And one of them was a Newton, he had a Newton County Reserve pig life. By the way, his brother, a piece of shit, died the other day. I'm glad he died. But in any case, this is just a fist fight and a false arrest. 
That's all it is. You know, and this this lawyeress. Oh, she. Yes, she goes ahead. Yep, 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 yep. She does point out is that guess what? Here, uh, the initial discoveries that have been provided these interrogatories weren't going to provide anything new. It was written in the paper at the time. You know, the editor and reporter of that paper was there. He seen it. He wrote about it. It was just something council critter got mad because I was making fun of the pig lice, the new little pig lice here. They they gone for kicking. He went ahead and hit me, and then what happens is that uh, he swung at me a second time. I stepped back and fell on his knee, and I probably should kick his head in, but instead I aimed for his big old nose. He had bigger. He has a bigger nose than little Sven Packy Shanks did, and I missed. I don't know how I missed that big old nose of him, but I went ahead and gave him about the same sort of punch he gave me on the cheek. Oh, man, heck, here are all these damn, here are all these damn council critters and pig life and city employees, and they're all, they all got me pinned down below five of them or so, and the damned uh, critters, let them up, let them up. And I, I recorded, I recorded on audio tape. It was there. So here it is. There's not any really discovery necessary, but they ask questions. And guess what? You know, at the, at the time, the law had said is that this federal judge, before he dismissed the case, will hold a conference. He didn't obey the local rules. Now, local rules at the time were not in sync with the federal rules of civil procedure like they have been for about the past 10, 15 years. But they ruled in the case of Winstead versus City of Granby that federal judges don't need to obey their own local federal rules. Duh. So this this lawyer is here. She she argued for she argued for me and. They paid her taxpayer money of five hundred some dollars. She lost the case. Now, folks, if this is just simply something involving nothing more than a fist fight, in which pretty well all the facts are known, and she's in cop, you know, all the facts are known. Those are false arrests. This is not a life and death situation. Far from it. This is just simply going through some little petty bullshit that could have been handled by an honest municipal court judge if there was any such thing. And all you folks think that you're going to get a fair trial? The dogs decide to come pick you up here like they did for Edgar Steele or Matt Hale or any of us? No. So that one isn't going to obey your laws. They never did. All you can do is if you are cuffed and stuffed, just tell them to fuck off. Don't even pretend that you're going to get a fair trial. You're not. I spent... Two and a half years being doped up illegally, 
because I wouldn't accept a public pretender. Hey, they all had was third-hand hearsay. Their own damn laws were by session. Was I forget what it was, 210-something. So they're supposed to do an investigation. They didn't do any investigation. I had no intention of doing it. The investigation would prove that this was bullshit. Then they would have to go ahead and give the kids back. They didn't want to do that. They bought and sold these kids. That's what Selby did. That's why I don't believe. That's why, you know, that's why someone like myself here, you catch the pig. You, 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 you go ahead and you torture the pig's kids here. You torture the weak link. Have them testify. And, hey, you can have them in the dog food shredder. You know, quicker than them cars with Wes Walker did with the damn lamb here. They couldn't even cook in four hours after they cast up here. You know, damn pig wants to go ahead and insist that he's innocent. Well, go ahead. Hope he'll last four or five days here. I'd like to hear the screaming of four or five days. Tough pig. Besides, we don't have rule of law. I don't think we ever did. All there is is sides. What do you need lawyers for? I mean, shoot, look. Joseph Stalin had no respect for lawyers. He had one called Wit Mishnitsky, who was a prosecutor, was a show trial prosecutor. Same way they don't say, well, he didn't have much use for lawyers. No, shoot, you, you plotted to kill Hitler. He didn't do it. He didn't succeed here. Why, hey, even old Rommel, old Rommel, why, hey, it won't look good to put you on trial. Rommel, uh, you know, here's here's your your service pistol or something like that. Rommel, I want you, Rommel, I want you, right now, I want you to uh, do the right thing. Here's a round, here's a round in your Luger. Or here's some quick-acting poison. Rommel, I want you to uh, do the right thing. It won't look good for, it won't look good for the right here if uh, you and sister are innocent here and we have to go hard with you. And so old Rommel, old Rommel, he, you know, like the Germans of old, he does what he has to do. He does exactly what he has to do. Let's not complain, let's not fuss, and let's not piss, and let's not moan. Rommel did what he had to do, but the rest of them here, why, hey, they pled guilty. They admitted their guilt. Same way with regime criminals. They all believe, they all, every single pig believes that he can run around and lie and cheat, steal grandchildren or money or your life or your property. And that somehow we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and go through the full legal procedure of trying to find out when the regime criminal plotted to do this and plotted to do that. And the answer is that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> So, 
<laughs> the Australian marks, you know, was a success. I doubt it. <laughs> Where am I at here? Is Marty a union guy? No, 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 no. Marty don't dick with being a union guy. Hey, hey, Mr. Union Man. There was some song by that name here, way back when. Back when Michelle was a pup, too. Where am I at here? Uh, where was I at? Right now I'm looking at Wolf Hall on PBS here. It's playing again. And I'll be up for about, oh, after three to watch, uh, to watch Meet the Union Press or, let me see, yeah, Meet the Union Press or something like that here. Right now they're playing, uh, they're playing on PBS Wolf Hall. They had they had the last episode of Mad Mamsers. Okay, alrighty. So where was I here? Uh, okay, they're playing they're playing Wolf Hall here, and they're having a little lawyer. You know, they're having a, you know they're having a uh, they're having a they're having about the story of this lawyer here who uh, you know had to deal with a tyrant. So anyway, Henry VIII here. Oh, Henry, Henry started the English Reformation. He uh, he was horny. He was also horny. <laughs> and he wanted he wanted a uh, he was the son he was son of this we lost bastard who had uh, killed the last Plantagenet, you know, Richard the Third, and Richard the Third more than likely was not a good man either. You know, kings are not really good men at all. You know, it was predicted by Moses that a king was supposed to not make his own law, but have the uh, have these books here. But anyway, lawyers, lawyers, when you have tyrants, are not respected because what the hell? The king understands is that when it comes down to it, he is the law. This rule of law horseshit is just nothing but horseshit. It's been, what, 800 years? Let's see. Magna Carta, 1215. So about last month, they were yapping about the Magna Carta and how we've had rule of law for 800 years. Bullshit. A bunch of barons got tired of this this idiot John called John Lackland because he was the youngest of these. He was the youngest of sons, and essentially the oldest was Richard the Lionheart, and then there was another one called Jeffrey who got his portion in France, I guess. And there's old John who didn't have anything. He, he was the son of Henry II. Henry II and Catherine, uh, Eleanor, uh, Aragorn or whatever. She'd been shacked up to a French king and then pretty well she gave her pussy to Henry II. And for my guy, Henry II was a pretty, oh, one of the better kings of England. Now, Edward Longshanks, Edward I, I think he should have been called Edward the Great. Uh, he was no relation to Savannah Packy Shanks. But Edward I expanded the parliament, 
He conquered Wales, tried to conquer Scotland, but failed. His son Edward II was supposed to be a big old homo, who was one of the kings who, well, he died of a, he died of what faggots ought to die of, a, you know, red-hot poker disease. He was pokerized. You know, they, uh, they heat up a poker and uh, put it in a leather sleeve and shoved it up the royal bungle. <laughs> royal faggot bungle. <laughs> You know, in, in 1327, supposedly you could still hear them whining and pissing and moaning, you know, at night, too, scaring the sheep around uh, Gloucester or whatever, around Bristol, whatever. So, where was I? <laughs> Henry II actually tried to feel, tried to have within his subjects' limited means law. He tried to, you know, essentially end. Henry II came to power after the English had had a sort of mini civil war to where they were fighting with Stephen and Matilda after Henry I died. Another king came called Henry II. He was a fairly able king. Now they date this common law from, actually shouldn't, they should name it for Henry II instead of Richard I because Richard didn't have really anything, damn thing to do with it. He was just the one who inherited Henry II's kingdom. But here it is, sometime in March, call that running meet and, oh, John is being an asshole. John is being a bunghole. Those barons, they get together an army and say, hey, look, asshole, find this, or, well, you're going to be pokerized a hundred some years before we do finish up the pokerizing, and uh, about four or five hundred years before we go ahead and chop off some heads like we have to. By the way, by the way, uh, <laughs> for those of you, there is a Royal Tank Corps, there was. There was a Royal Air Force. There was a Royal Navy. There's never been a Royal Army because essentially the Army under Cromwell is the one who chopped off Charles I's head here. So there's never going to be a Royal Army. There will be a Royal Tank Corps because the Tank Corps didn't chop off Charles I's head. The Royal Air Force didn't chop off Charles I's head. And the Royal Navy you know, which is probably older than the Royal Army, didn't chop off Charles I's head. <laughs> so where was I here? Uh, I'm looking, I need to look at the chat here and see if the, see if some of the tards are saying anything interesting. I'm just, I'm just rambling on here. I mean, this is, this is, this is not Finkelstein's Morty got me banned on talk show. I don't think so. Walter P38 here. Okay. Well, I like a Walter P38. I, uh, you know, I got, I got me some at, uh, well, I was in the army here. I got me one. Yeah, I got me a Walter P38. Why, it's a, it's a good pistol. Yep. 
1938 to present year. They still use them, yeah. Uh, so the Germans, it was tended, and the product which was scheduled to end in 1942. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a good pistol. No, I'm writing talks to you right now. Well, you go ahead and you do that here. You're going to be Jeff Twelve, You're going to be Swordmaster? <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're trying to get Optimo Femina to call in. They're trying to get uh, Long Island Brian, Brian here. That'd be nice if Long Island Brian called in. Hell, it'd be, it'd be interesting in a crazy sort of way. Oh, <laughs> uh, heck. Where am I at here? I got some Wigger Squill. Got Wigger Squill and lawyers here. Folks, Wigger Squill has not showed up for the deposition here. I think I think the National the Nargers might actually win. I hope they do. Although I don't really have a dog in the fight. I mean, uh, I never got any money from the order. Of course, I, you know, when I, when I was, uh, when the order was running around, while I was uh, attending college, I got money from the army. I never got money from the order. So, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I think Optimum is about my age. She's in her, what, 50s? Or so? So anyway, you know, folks, just just as a, just as a, just as a, you know, just as a, what are you saying here? Figure out how much Zog is likely to fuck you up. If Zog can fuck you up a great deal here, it means the Zog wants to fuck you up. If you haven't done enough, I mean, shoot. Roxy ever so often says, well, guess what? Here, she's talking about something here. Somebody's accused of this. Somebody's accused of that. You know, you read, you know 6 o'clock news here. You know, and some of these people are guilty as hell. Uh, last week, uh, sort, of, sort of like Optimus here, going ahead, and a 65-year-old heifer went ahead and shot, shot a Romeo, shot a 58-year-old Romeo, and I guess he was getting the goonie goonie, and they decided to pull out, wipe off, or whatever here. So pretty well, they had, they had, he'd gotten, you know, he'd gotten for his ex-wife. His ex-wife thought she was crazy, thought she was crazy. Got a restraining order, was served on her, and him and his son got a restraining order, but wasn't served on them. Goofy bitch goes from Fairview. You know, she comes with a pistol and she goes to his house and she shoots his ass. Last week. So I'm <laughs> just shoots his ass last week. Just bang. Well, I was telling us that hell, who knows? Who knows with these tards? Well, most of them are probably are guilty as hell. I mean, you know, shoot. You understand is that most most people. Most people who get arrested are guilty as hell. Really are. The pigs are working guilty or worse here, but they're guilty as hell. Most people are guilty as hell. I mean, shoot, we, 
you know, I mean, when you talk about the criminal element of Zogland, you're talking about 80% at least of the fucking population here. I mean, niggers, when you talk about niggers, you're talking about, oh, about 100, 106% of the population here. I mean, you're talking about 106% of the nigger population. I mean, I think some of these niggers commit more, you know, they're, they're, they're not only, you know, one, you know, one-time criminals, they're double dippers or triple dippers or 666 dippers. But anyway, you're talking about niggers, usually they're all guilty here. Talking about beers here, especially molesting their, molesting their spawn and uh, driving without insurance, they're guilty. I mean, let's not, let's not fuck with it. They're guilty. Come on. But, any case here, <laughs> let's see. Oh, come on, pig fraud. Well, David Lane didn't rat on anybody. Bruce Pierce didn't rat on anybody. That's just something Trader Glenn Miller said, nor just by what he did, which was rat. Trader Glenn Miller, Trader Glenn Miller, before he went ahead and killed them faggots at the, at the Selby County, at the Selby Bill Faggot Bookstore. So he did do that here. But, you know, Trader Glenn Miller has never really been a hardened criminal. He's been a hardened rat here. He's never been a hardened criminal. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, chances are, I tell Roxy here, you think he's guilty? I said, I don't know. Probably not. But you don't have to be guilty of anything in order to be thrown, you know, thrown in prison here and accused of something, thrown in prison. You know, probably be murdered, sent to that ass. You don't have to be guilty of anything. Zog does whatever the fuck he wants to do. That's why, that's why, that's why I don't have a bit of problem with torturing people. That's why I don't have a problem with making, you know, making regime criminals eat, you know, eat the nuts of their spawn. Don't have a problem with it. It's not a matter of innocence. It's a matter of sides. And until, until those of us who are supposedly on our side justify just killing everybody on the other side, starting with the wiggers, there's nothing going to be done. Folks, when my side wins, when my side wins, there's not going to be any little fucking Anne Franks writing bullshit in their little fucking diaries. Not going to be any little Jewesses writing, I think people are good. Yeah, you know, ballpoint pen three five years before ball you know, ten years before ballpoint pens are invented. Much less commercially available. No. What is wrong? There's nothing more wrong with disposing by whatever means are available of those who are trying to kill Yahweh's servant nation. At all. Don't worry about what the government says. You don't get with it. 
pedophile David Lane. Come on, big fraud. You get locked up. You get locked up in a prison in no house. Well, you don't hear. You don't hear any female voices here. You get. You get to where even you know even fat old dumpy Anglo mestizoes look pretty good. Don't you know? I mean, shoot. I heard. I heard that little thing. And, oh, David Lynn's creepy. He was going after little girls. The price of being. No, it wasn't. What if he was, he was. I mean, hell. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think, I didn't think these girls would play. This is what, you know, this is what gets me. This, the, the claw hammer killer. He heard about pushing blue. Oh, way back in 2009. I said, what do you hear about them? Oh, they were on the news. Okay. That's nice. You think I can get you think I can get the autograph? I said, why would you want to get their autograph here? I mean, shoot. A, they're not giving out their autograph. It's a it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a whore mother here, April Gavey here. I mean, no shoot. If you were out of prison here to where she'd go ahead and climb atop you here, she'd probably give you some pussy here, but uh I wouldn't worry about I wouldn't worry about the old April's daughters. I mean, for all I know here, I mean, they got tired of Mama's shit, what, four years ago? They got tired of being used by Mama. Now, Mama guy is fat, is a fat, ugly, stupid mongrel named Scott Ernest. Oh, then, you know, Leaf Kin and them Kin, they went on. They found me weed, and now they are flower children. Oh, they went to college. Now, mom had kept them. If mom had kept them on the family farm raising goats here, well, hey, they might still be racist here. I don't know. But David Lane wasn't a pedophile. Okay, I'm deleting my talk to you. We'll go ahead. Did they invented the ballpoint pen? No, I'm not claiming any such thing. I'm claiming that there's not going to be any little Anne Frank Caicos's, you know, diaries here. There's not going to be no Whigris diaries here. My father was a pig. He was a good man here. I don't know why everybody said he was a murderous, you know, piece of shit pig who essentially sent them, you know, sent them to prison here where they were murdered. Oh, my daddy was a wonderful, you know, individual who knows was a pig. No, that could happen. If Mr. Whigris Pig's daughter is being used as a brood sow here for, you know, the white race here. Well, hey, she's going to be writing, she's going to be writing any books about the wonderfulness of her social worker or pig or judge or lawyer daddy. You're going to be waiting on that, oh, I hope for the sake, I hope for the oblivion of death here because my life ain't very good here because, hey, those people blame me for what my father did. We have a different, we have a different society here to where the sins of the fathers, if you're a regime criminal, are visited unto the sons and daughters into the seventh generation. Not that there's going to be a seventh generation. 
why in the world allow traders to breed? How many more baby traders do you want? I was looking. I was looking at an old photograph. Here's this piece of shit Scott Watson. His daddy was a lawyer. This little piece of shit who ran around. Uh, used to uh, drive by our house here at the farm. This is what he was running around with the criminals and dopers here, and then he became a lawyer. Then he became a prosecuting attorney because his grandpa was a prosecuting attorney in Newton County. Total pieces of shit. Prosecuting attorney is a piece of shit here. Greeks and Romans understood is that, hey, you, you, you can go ahead and get all renowned by prosecuting somebody and bring them down, but hey, you went ahead and you got caught here. There was no immunity for you. You'd be running out of town as well here. Folks, what do you think a prosecuting attorney is? He's Satan on earth. He's the legal push. He's the accuser. That's what Satan means, the adversary. We have we have in our trial court this quote an adversarial process, you know, uh, an adversarial process. All, all all I'm proposing, all I'm proposing is that any truly white nationalist military theocratic dictatorship, we're not going to pretend that we are going to have mercy on these creatures who use their power to destroy our people. We're just going to assume that if you're a policeman, you're a social worker, you're a judge, you're a lawyer, in some case you're a psychiatrist or a doctor, and even if you're a waiter, you're still a traitor. Why in the world should we have to look after you and your spawn and think that we're going to get something good out of it? We're not. I have pointed out in my Christian Day shows that if you were working friends, family of the king who had to be destroyed, the whole family was destroyed. If you worked for that king, you were his policeman, you were his you were his butler, you were his uh, ex- you know, executor, whatever here. You and your your family was killed here. And anybody among the Whigger chariot who buried your carcass, which was left out, r- rightly so, for the dogs and the birds to eat, why, hey, guess what? Your carcass and that of your family was put out for the dogs and the birds to eat. That is how they, that is how they put evil from among them. There's not going to be too much patience for regime criminals. I'm certainly not for figure regime criminals, okay? So, let's see here. Is that you commenting here? Pedophile David Lane. Well, it probably is here. Old Pink Broad, he's a television you boy. Call in Pink Broad if you want. First, I'm going to take a break, and we will be back. In probably a few minutes, and I'm going to wait for anybody who wants to call in to call in. 
I was pretty well, you know, I mean, I, I went ahead and looked because this is the fifth anniversary of my mom's death. Now, it was two years ago, at 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning, when my brother called in and mom's dead. Mom's dead. I was just talking to her last night. And then I didn't get a call from her, so I decided to, I decided to, oh, have my friend go in and break in here. The people next door, why, they stole $500 of trip here, but I'm going to whine like a pussy because Roxy charges $10 for gas and $10 for babysitting. The day I got out of jail, October 23rd, 2008, was the very last day there was not going to be Roxy being able to take mom out because, oh, no, Martin will be there. My brother my brother took her in May because he was mad because I went out there looking for my generator and I found my bicycle, found out my brother had lied to me. He taken that bicycle out. He hadn't. He hadn't given it to me. He hadn't, it wasn't in the. It wasn't in the. Uh, it wasn't in my house here, in the portion of the room they put up here. He was always crying me to find an excuse to beat me up, like he had done in 2001 and 2002 and 2003. He took my mom up there. He told me at the end of May, as he wished. He wished that I had been sent to prison for my life and murdered there so he could do whatever the hell he wanted to. This is my own brother. My brother is a traitor. That bitch he's with is even worse than he is, even more evil. I got a laugh the baby pig who, uh, let's see, turned six, I think, at the end of uh, February 28th, last day of February. Baby pig turned, you know, baby pig turned uh, 28. I've got to laugh because old baby Piggle got quite the mouth on him. So you'll have Piggle bellowing at the hippo, and you'll have the hippo bellowing at Pig Hook, and you'll only have baby Piggle keep bellowing at both of them. But mainly Piggle. Yeah, yeah baby Piggle has quite the mouth on him, too, here. <laughs> you can, I mean, sometimes I, you know, I used to laugh here because I'm walking around 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning to go get the mail for the hill. That's the little puppy dog, and you can hear them. The air conditioner is running. And you can hear the hippo and piglet scream at one another. They're like getting involved in a conversation with crows. Yep, that's what this, that's what this system is about. It's about for free. Because of the hatred of me, I'm on part of Selby and Newton County Sheriff's Department and and the rest of them. Hey, we don't even know your brother, but hey, we know you. Oh hell, we want you to leave Newton County. We don't want any reason for you to have you know have your mother's farm. We want you gone. So what we're going to do is we're going to threaten you with arrest. Then we're going to go ahead and plot while you're gone with the pigles and the hippo. Then we're sell the entire farm. Let you sell, you know, even though what Miss Lister wants goes, why, guess what? Oh, whatever Miss Lister doesn't want doesn't go. 
my mother wanted to the end of her life to somehow come back home here and see her daughter and I would see her oldest son and see Roxy. Roxy Roxy and me used to take her before she got some money from the estate. We didn't used to charge her any money. But now once she's getting once she's getting ten thousand dollars a year, she wants to go there, well hey. Might as well charge her ten dollars for for gas and ten dollars for babysitting, even though my mother didn't like being referred to that. Why are you gonna be so mean? Well, so, well it is babysitting here. So we would take her well, we took her what, in the summer of two thousand and what happens is that Roxy, we put a blanket, we put a blanket in the back of the old Pontiac here. We took my granddaughter and Roxy and me, we went up to South Dakota and we spent two weeks there. And, you know, hey, that's fine old time. My mom had a fine old time, you know, but uh, we tried to tell her not to wear yellow pants because, shoot, she would sometimes, there would be a brown spot in the crack here. You know what I mean? My mom... And my mom, uh, what annoyed me is my mom was pretty healthy. And then she got, you know, she got my grandmother Emma's. She got jealous of my grandmother Emma. And so she deliberately started doddering, started using small steps here to imitate a woman who was, what, 30 years older than her at least. More than 30 years older than her. And so my mother, my mother who used to be pretty healthy, she deliberately ruined her health in order to pretend that she was not doing well. My mother used to be really healthy here. I mean, shoot, she would she would go ahead and say, "Hey, uh, you know, I'll take something. I'll take something." I said, "I know exactly what I'll take, mother." You always fall for it. You know, she she never grew beyond ten years you know, ten years old mentally. She'd always fall for well I'll take. I said, You ought to take a pail out to the barn and milk that damn milk cow here. You drink enough of this milk here. Why, you know, you know, you are, you are going to take that take that pail out to the barn and milk that cow. Rather than force Monty to do it. <laughs> you always fall for that, you know. <laughs> He never did sell for it. What do I take here? You know, she's some little hypochondriac. What do I take? You want to take a, you want to take that tail after the, you want to take that milk tail after the bar and milk that damn cow. <laughs> she got pretty, she was pretty good milk that cow. She smelled too. It was a, but we were lived out the ranch here. You know what I mean? You know, then she knew how, how to run the cream separator. So any centrifuge for the cream separator. You know, that's what she always fall from that here. So, but then she got to where she was looking at that here diet food here, Weight Watchers. And then she'd be eating it when she had a little bit of money. She'd be buying that stuff. She'd be eating that shit in addition to her regular food here. Now, when, when we were kids, and, you know, just like all these, all these Swedish farm women, you know, who had to milk cows and who had to swap hogs and had, had to go ahead and do all the chores, you know, which, you know, came with being a farm woman out on the Lone Prairie. She probably weighed about 210 here. And then she got to daughtering 
you know, she she used to walk all the way up around there. You know, she used to have a big, long stride here. You know, she used to walk like man. But then she got to where, oh, I got to, I got to worry about my health. I got to pretend to be an older, I got, you know, she had Grandma Linstead and Envy. And so she foolishly, she foolishly messed with her life. But hell, well, I mean, shoot, my mom probably could have lived another 10 or, you know, 10, at least a decade, probably 12, maybe even 17, like that evil bitch Jenny did. You know, there's really nothing wrong with her. I mean, pretty well all my family have been, well, they've just been essentially, you know, born with the physiognomy of Swedes, you know, Swedes who, well, raise cows and sheep and chickens and goats and whatever here. I mean, you know, my family comes from a long line of Swedish peasants. I mean, if you were ailing here, you'd have got better or you died. And that's what mom was here. If she go live another 10 years, if me and my mom, you know, probably I was thinking of essentially plopping her in this house I'm sitting in now. But Mike didn't want that. And I told her, I said, shoot, you know, look, Susan, uh, I don't want her out to farm during the winter because she's damn near burnt the you know, farm house down twice here. You know, she ain't too smart. She's getting, you know, more foolish, silly here. So, hey, you take her. You take her to Florida sometime around the time when you need to have a fire, probably after Thanksgiving or maybe Christmas, whatever. You know, none of us are big on, you know, Christmas. So you go ahead and take her after Thanksgiving. So you have her what? You, know, you have her during the winter months. And then you bring her up here. And then I have her for four months. And, you know, shit, old Piggle can have her what? You know, four months out of the year. If you want to take her up to South Dakota, that's fine. Essentially, he's no longer going to control her money. And that's what pretty well pissed him off. Last time I heard her, March 11th, her birthday, 2013. She says, hey, we're, we're bringing you back home, Mom. Oh, Mike, Mike won't like that. Mike won't like that. I says, fuck what Mike don't like. Fuck that. Who cares what he don't like? It's time to bring you back home. Essentially, my mom is dead because my brother and his girlfriend went along with it. My mom is dead because of Carrie Knapp and Kevin Lee Selby and Timothy Perigo and all the regime cripples. Pretty well told my brother, go ahead and do whatever the hell you want to to her. I got to wonder here, if some of you guys, you know, some of you people, you have some property, you have anything worth a shit here, you better worry about, you know, who you're leaving it to. Because I sort of wonder if old white people have always been targeted by Zaz Babylon to make their lawyers rich, make their lawyers fat like buzzards. 
That's exactly what the hell we have in this country. We've had it. That's what gets me here. You know, my brother comes by his murderous behavior honestly. Now, my brother was the most like my mom and most like, you know, her mom, Jenny, here. I mean, she got he got the Osborne in him. Damn Osborne, just a bunch of orange hybrid niggers. You know, low-end Scots and Strathcliders. You know what Grant, Fred Linstead called the Jenny Irish. And what what happens is that, shoot, what happened to mom happened to Martin Samuelson back in 1971. It's just the only difference is my brother didn't have to pay like old Jenny did in order to get away with murder. What to do with people like that? What to do with people like that? I don't remember. Tell my brother that. He says, well, maybe I'll find you a farm with a little big kiss. I said he found, he found, he found him uh, one of the local inbreds with a head the size of a pea with shoulders like a football player. You know, head the size of a pea. He was the same age as my stupid stepdaughter. What, 19 years younger than me? So shit, let me see. That bitch must be about 38, 39 right now. And breed you a whole bunch of kids with big kids, but you gotta wonder here if you're not gonna go ahead and act like Fred Lindstead did to my dad, Richard. Hmm? Who knows? But hey, you coming out, Mr. Piggy, and tell him is that whatever Mr. Wilson wants, and then ignoring that. Go ahead, tell him. Go ahead, so farm. If you know, if you got the power to do so, that's ringing the dinner bell. Carry that. You tell him is that. Guess what? Ignore the fact that this woman has property, and thus you know property over worth over fifteen thousand thus subject to probate and thus subject to Missouri state law to have her evaluate whether or not she's competent. It don't matter how much money she literally has to stop for. You don't know that. You don't know how much you know, Mike's stolen. I have no doubt. A dumbass Terry Knapp here, he became guarding my line because that piece of shit Selby chose the stupidest and, you know, the stupidest and this corrupt lawyer they could find, but the stupidest one. And then my brother called him up and screamed at him and told him, Oh, William, we have more years to work together with you, and you are Martin's an asshole. Go ahead and write something stupid so I can keep her up there. Don't have to bring her back down here to have a accounting of her estate, because I've been busily embezzling. You're Selby. He's not supposed to be on this case. Missouri law says that when there's an affidavit filed here, removing from the case, he should be gone. And the circuit court judge, Timmy Pergo, isn't supposed to allow him to stay on the case, but hey, guess what? He's, you know, he's supposed to remove Selby. 
guess what? These two judges cannot obey Missouri state law. And here's the Missouri Attorney General. He's supposed to uphold the law of the state, but he can't be bothered. Why no? When the judges decide they're not going to obey the law, he's going to say they're immune from prosecution, even though they don't have any jurisdiction. You step outside the jurisdiction to where you don't have jurisdiction because, according to law, you're supposed to be removed from the case. You have jurisdiction. If you lie in the brief, you're a traitor. That's what you got. You got a, you got a Newton County Sheriff's Department, which are traitors. You got a court system, which is traitors. You have lawyers, which are traitors. How do you deal with a traitor? Do you go ahead and ask them to please confess with the interrogatory, or do you just simply, you simply just apply a pair of pliers to his nuts or an electrode or a taser and have them tell you all the crimes they've committed? Didn't Christ say that the Jews were responsible for all the crimes his righteous able? For something which had happened six months previously? Our people, folks, a regime criminal, someone who is in power, who violates their so-called law, are traitors. And so are the children. You destroy the traitor, you destroy the children of the traitor. Folks, I believe, I believe we end up having a whole bunch of crucifixes. I bet we had a whole bunch of. This is, I bet we had a whole bunch of pipes covered with heads, blotting corpses of regime criminals who, essentially, they got into power and they just couldn't keep them stealing or murdering or butchering. I imagine if we had no more of that here, well, this would be a pretty good place to live in, where someone could enjoy the fruits of his labor. All together. And you keep, you know, they are instead bringing in all these Mongols, all these animals, all these beasts of the field to steal from what little remains. And then you wonder how this is going to last very long, if not. Anyone who claims to be a white nationalist needs to understand is we have a bigger problem and we need to destroy these animals who have destroyed our civilization. They die. Whatever we do in order to bring things into order is justified. All the other. There's not going to be anybody to say anything different here because, hey, you, you support this regime, you need to die. There needs to be no more of you. This shit needs to end. Really? I was going to quit a little, you know, about, probably about a half hour ago, but I was rant and rave here. So, folks, we will be back to the last section of Moomaturd and uh, Hail Victory.
There was some dork named Hal, his father siblings were his pal. So he went ahead and made a deal to set. But he threatened judges three, a jury slapped old Hal's big feet. So Hal's gonna be my dick, bigger bed. So I'll fuck you up. Yes, I'll go fuck you up. If you don't obey the dirty juice command, so I'll fuck you up. Yes, I'll go fuck you up. So you best be a rebelling while you can. Long ago, a barking grin where his comrades over again. So Zog gave him a bag full of Zog bars. 
A little guido loved his dog. The church is gold and cocksuck. The colostomy bag's name is A&M. Zog fuck you up. Yeah, Zog will fuck you up. If you don't obey the dirty juice command. Zog will fuck you up. Yeah, Zog will fuck you up. So you best be a rebellion while you can. I used to know a brat named Visser, a useless juvenile pisser, who was going after Mountain Lion Rice. A mom that niggly molester, a pisser poked a possum chester. Not a single one of them was very bright. Dog will fuck you up. Yeah, dog will fuck you up. If you don't obey the dirty juice command, Zog will fuck you up. Yeah, Zog will fuck you up. So you best be a rebellion while you can. Okay, folks, we're back to the last section of Moon Turd. I want somebody, you know, anybody to tell me. If there's ever been a movement feature, which has really been legitimate. Now, David Duck and Don Black and Sperm Fart and the rest here, why, they're just simply Hal Turner financing here. Quite a bit of it. In case of Lender, uh, let's see, November, December, January, February, he was supposed to ask for $2,500 every Three months. Well, he didn't, he didn't shut down VNN this past month, now did he? Why not? Answer? He's already being paid. Lenders already being paid. You'd think, you'd think, now, way back, way back in 2000, when old uh, William Pierce decided he needed a second, quote, outside media, he went ahead and found this little Jew boy that wasn't quite bleeding out the ass. Little Jew boy had been cast aside by the American, the American Spectator and the rest. Found some little little Jew boy with a degree in international relationship from Pomona State University, and who had been hanging around the neocons with the American Spectator, and you know, uh, which was which essentially went to where it was being run by a faggot named Gordon Tyrell or whatever, E. Emmett Tyrell, something like that. That didn't turn out that didn't turn out very good. But in case some little critter, Evans and No Black, you know, the neocons. Essentially they found out this was a defective little Jew boy and they booted it out. It was a defective and Pierce went and found the six hundred and sixty six Zogbuck Kaikawees. In fact, let's, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and sing a song. Let's go ahead and sing a song about that here. Let's see. Thank <laughs> you. 
around just barely sleeping. We can rebuild it. We have the orders of box. We have the capability to make the world first biotic at Wow. Chew boy. Alex Linder will be that biotic ass clown. Dumber than it was before. Anal, vulgar, ass clown. The bionic got to it. Guido Kikenweez will do ass game. So we have the orders on box. We can rebuild it. Alex Linder will be that new bionic Jew boy. That's that's an old one. I I, I came up with. I need to have come up with some new parody songs here. Need to work on Mamzer's a mentor and uh, wasting away in corn cob belt. Uh. Blender. Here he was, kicked out, and here comes Pierce. And guess what? Pierce pays him a stipend, and he moves in in Granny's basement in Kirksville. Small, you know, small house. You know, Melinda is a Jew name. Linder's nose is getting bigger. It's growing like crazy ears. Asshole is bleeding. But here he was, he justified that here, and 2000, there was quite a bit, this was quite a web page. Quite a web page. But then again, Pierce, you know, Pierce had his bunch pretty much working, you know, with, you know, with Lender. Used to have Pierce, he went as American Dissonant Voices. No, not Kevin Alfred's sperm here, but. Pierce. Now, folks, from what I gather, Pierce, he liked anal sex with these uh, with these Eastern European whores that he'd get. He'd run through them here. His first wife lasted for a while, but she said, hey, I'm not going to go to West Virginia. He had, I think, two sons. He really don't want anything much to do with Daddy's legacy. Sort of like, old, uh, sort of like the one son that old Westford got here. You know, Daddy's a tard. I don't really want anything to do with that. But in any case, goes in there and he gets another wife and she lasts a little while and then he goes ahead and gets wife number three, four, five. Real quick here, Bulgarians and Eastern Europeans and Volga Volva and all this sort of thing. And he's running around humping whatever comes in there and he likes that anal sex. Uh, here's this one, you know, Heather Gleeby. Pretty well wrote a article which is on my forum. Talking that old, you know, William Pierce was quite the old horn dog. Quite the old horn dog, okay? But be that, be that as is met here. I mean, shoot. You know, I mean, it is it is easy if you let yourself go to, you know, worship your pecker. That's what happens with a bunch of faggots. They worship their pecker. Their pecker is more important to them than crack cocaine is to more Scalette. He 
you can let yourself go. You can let yourself go if you, you know, do so. I mean, I used to be young. But most of the time, almost all the time, my, you know, the head top of my shoulders ruled the other head. You can live a moral life if you have the will to do so. If you don't have the will to do so, at least have enough fear of the consequences of not doing so. But, you know, be that as it may. You know, I don't see why William Pierce, I mean, with $400,000 he got from the order, I don't see why he couldn't go ahead and buy him some Eastern European pussy. Now, that, that's, that ain't the problem I have. It's the problem I have is him wanting an, uh, an Elohim city for creators. That's what, yeah, that's what pisses me off here. Letting critters like Wiggerswell, who's a Zogbach, has been one for years, come in there and make an asshole of himself. And you want to find out about Wiggerswell? Two years ago, two years ago, Carolyn Yenta had, you know, in, invited J.B., J.B. Uh, Campbell, and I went ahead and talked. I sent an email to J.B. Campbell and told him about Carolyn Yenta and told him about William Fink here. I mean, essentially, uh, yet to skank and an uh, actual nigger-nosed Jew boy think, and essentially old J.B. Campbell decided to, you know, instead of talking about rats, talked about thinks. So he hadn't listened to what I said. Uh, J.B. JB was supposedly brought into movement by, by Lewis Beam. Now, I wasn't brought into movement by Lewis Beam. but Lewis Beam introduced himself to me sometime in 19... 96, I believe it was. And they introduced me to Catch Light. And there, you know, there's people like Quigger, you know, we, 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 you know, we really welcome to here who, oh, no, this ain't true. Well, believe what you want of it, dumbass. Believe what you want of it. Oh, oh uh, the real William B. He's a, he's a, he's a tard. He's a weak-minded tard. Same way Johnny Tonto Britain, you still find like a pussy because Dewey kicked out Newman Britain for mar- openly marrying a squaw named Sally. He's mad at me because I, you know, I mean, he went with Brian Rio and then he went with Brian Rio and hey, now he's whining. He's whining. Lenders bagels. <laughs> Try it to eat Lenders bagels. <laughs> oh, by the way, we just had a we just had an outage here, service unavailable. So I need to I need to get back in. Guest number twenty eight. Trying to eat Lenders bagels. <laughs> Working as best as lenders able. That's a very parody song. I think it needs to go ahead. Sort of like Rocky Raccoon here. Was trying to eat lenders bagels. Willie, we Willie says I'm FBI. Well, hey, we do sort of wonder, Papa Cat. I mean, uh, it's sort of weird the way. Everybody else, everybody else gets kicked off, 
and you would still let it. So, so you're not out of the woods yet, Papa Cat. You know. Besides, besides you, 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 you are sometimes your humor. Your humor is subversive, Papa Cat. <laughs> it was subversive for you. Where was I? Where was I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was doing my William Pierce voice here, my Pierce type voice. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to imitate, you know, oh, well, fearless leader. Fearless leader. Those leaders well. J.B. Campbell said is that, hey, yes, why don't you get rid of this asshole here? All he does is cause trouble for no good reason. And Pierce said, I can't get rid of him. No, you couldn't. You know, no, you couldn't. Moan, Pierce Tart, you couldn't get rid of Wee Willie, could you? Didn't they get rid of Wee Willie? Wee Willie was the one who ran things. Wee Willie was the one who you had to take care of. You, know, you had to make a membership director to make sure you didn't have any members. Or the shit. That's what Pierce did. Pierce created trouble. We really created trouble here. What was William Pierce's job? Well, he says his job was to oh, write propaganda so that some general or admiral or whatever would listen to it. Read, read, read his book, Hunter. Read William Pierce's book, Hunter. Read it sometime. Find out that old Hunter, Hunter, Oscar Yeager, he's caught out by a middling high FBI bureaucrat, and he's used by that bureaucrat to kill Jews, kill faggots, kill niggers, but mainly Jews and faggots, his rivals. At the very end, he's told to kill Saul Roger, who was impersonating a Christian identity minister, better than old nigger knows think. He decides they don't want to do that. He wants to have this atheist who's pretend, you know, who knows the Bible because he was whooped as a kid. He's imitating a Christian identity minister. He wants to continue with that lie. You know, Pierce had no great use for ordinary men and women, and neither do I, I guess. That's what Pierce wanted to do. He wanted to write the best propaganda ever. The best propaganda ever. And so, though, you know, he didn't really have any morals. Pierce didn't. The only thing that mattered to Pierce was Pierce. And so, when he was told to shut it down, he shut it down. He gave it to the city of Glebe. And now Glebe is being you know, brought up to, and I don't see why the Nargers have any really standing, but hey, I guess they do. From what I gather, they, you know, Glebe was under court order to not waste any more money of the National Alliance. And that is what the Nargers want to do. They want to have essentially an organization an organization in which 
There is no overall chairman. And that is sort of what Matt Parrott and the rest here, they're sort of saying. I mean, they're trying to run, a, I guess, a Mamsard proletariat or, or what, a Mamsard parliament, whatever. No problem. But folks, anyone who's white, anyone who has a spirit of resistance should understand is that guess what? There is no great fearless leader that is going to save the white race. I don't read anywhere in the Bible that a bowel movement is going to somehow overthrow Zog. It's going to be all over within seven years. No, what you see, what you see is Zog Babylon growing and getting more and more power while it's hollowing itself out. And then Revelation chapter 14 and Revelation chapter 18, Babylon has fallen, has fallen. Here comes Christ. Here comes Christ. And like in, the, you know, like in Joel chapter 3, you have the mighty men who destroys Zog Babylon. Where, horse, where blood runs up higher than a horse's breath. These people exist, just like they did in Elijah day, Elijah's days here, when Yahweh said there were 7,000 men who do not bow their knee to Baal, needs to Baal. 7,000 out of how many? Probably in Israel. Probably 3 million. If you have, if you have a similar situation, 300 million? Well, Mongols and the rest here, and probably with whites, I guess there's less than 120 million. So, hey, but that could be as many as 7 million white people, white men who have not bowed their knee to Baal, who do not have a love for Zog Babylon, who understand is that, hey, you can't hardly keep what you got together, so you must keep tight what you have. And it's time. Soon there will be time to harvest. These tares who look so much like us, we have made it manifest by their racial trees, and here they're not one of us here. Soon the time will come to harvest them. But that time, if the Great Tribulation starts tomorrow, that time is seven years from now. What you need to do is prepare quietly. You need to go ahead and find those who feel like you do. You need to make common core with them. But don't get too big. Don't get beyond your confidence. Don't get beyond your knowing who you're dealing with. So that means the bowel movement. You know, those are run by Hal Turner Finance, like Linder. After Pierce died, Billy Roper was expelled, and what he did is he had a royal cadre. What Billy Roper had is he tried to run white revolution. And that's all that was left here. That's all that was left here. So guess what? He was, he was bringing around Butler. He supported Rick Spring, old Billy did. Rick Spring was a federal informant. Morse Collette didn't like him. 
Bush Gillette is the same position Rick Spring is. He's a federal informant, too. No, I mean, if Will Codney is listening, Will Codney, Gillette put a plea bargain. He threw me under the bus. That's part of his deal, but, you know, Gillette is, you know, Gillette is a softbot. And when Mestizo Truth found out in, what, 2012, that guess what? Here's old Morris Collette testifying against poor old Anglo Mestizo Truth. Poor old Truth had to go ahead and leave. By all means, by all means, Gary Yarborough, by now, should, should know a bunch of jailhouse lawyers Go write as good a motion as any lawyer you're going to hire. You are wasting your money on legal defense. Folks, if you're a certain age, you don't have anything to lose, you need to fight. Because, folks, when there's enough people who have said, I have had enough. I'm not going to put up with any more of this shit. Dog Babylon ain't going to be around for very much longer. Dog Babylon don't have a future. You say there's a future when you end up having less than 100 million Uyghurs left? And most of that, a lot of them are faggots, government workers, criminals, idiots. And you end up having nothing but beaners coming in. You go to Walmart, there's nothing but beaners in there. Talking beaner language. You have no idea what they're talking about. And they let you know, I mean, essentially, these critters couldn't make it. Couldn't make it in Mexico. They're here to take what white people have built and made. Heck, even shanks. Even if they're smart, they're just a bunch of dog-eaters, dog-eating animals. The Japanese, they're run by their criminal gangs here. That's all they are. There are little trading companies and stuff like that here who fought with each other, who struggled for power. Lots of stars said correctly here it was, a, it was a mistake for Perry to open, you know, to insist that they open up. All Perry should have said is that, hey, Western sailors, get, you know, get shipwrecked in Japan. What you do is you put them in a holding pan, you feed them. We'll come by every year or so, we'll pick up our shipwrecked sailors. No, you don't need to open your markets up. We don't need to open up anything. You need to take shipwrecked sailors and put them in this fishing village or something like that. You know, don't treat them badly. And once a year, we'll come. Once a year, twice a year, we'll come by and we'll pick them up. Take them off your hands. And that's the way it should have been. Yahweh, 
put them in their places. It's Jews and greedy figures who have took them into our places to steal. And for them to feel good about, oh, how wonderful they are to niggers, how wonderful they are to beaters, and all that here. These are criminals. If I had my way, I would put their children in a pen full of niggers, in a pen full of beaters. You get locked up with these people, you realize what sort of people they are. I remember this one. You know, heck, he was, he was some sort of pervert with his own family or something here. I called him the, Amer- you know, the amazing Mexican cockroach here. That's all he did. He had low-rate IQ. All he wanted to do was smoke cigarettes. So what he would do is he'd get $3 a week. He'd buy a pack of cigarettes. He would smoke it up. Didn't have brains enough to make level two. You know, didn't have enough brains to get off the ward and work at the strap mines, you know, you know, for you know, the sheltered workshop that they had for the three M, you know, math thing here. I call it the strap mines because you put these straps on these plastic pieces to make a mask. This was a, this was a uh, what, a painter's mask or something like that, a mid level one from three M. Called the strap mines. Didn't have enough brains to do that. He was pretty good at uh, he was pretty good at drawing pictures here. And I'd give him a candy bar or something like that here for boy draw here. I mean he just he just like a lot of criminals, he didn't have nothing better to do, so he learned to draw. So in any case, hey, that is what these people do. They don't have a problem. They don't think it's immoral to go ahead and diddle their eight or nine or 10 or 11 or 12-year-old daughters. I don't know if you've seen the movie The Cider House Rule, those about this nigger who diddled his daughter. And poor little old Toby McGuire, Spider-Man, he learned how to give out abortions at the orphanage. So he gives old Charlie Theron Theron an abortion. And later on gives her another abortion, probably abortions his own kid. But he's he's going ahead and the cider house rules. These are white people rules at the cider house. No smoking. No doing this. No doing that. You know, it probably wasn't even a rule. Don't build your daughter. But guess what? He gave the he gave the he gave the nigger girl an abortion to abort the to abort the nigger. The neglect, which was spawned my own father here. I've been, I've been in these places here where you have these, you have these girls who have lost their mind because you know one of their relatives or friends or whatever diddle them when they were eight or nine or ten, and they lose their mind at that age. They don't progress beyond that. I've seen what happens. Now there's none of now there's none of these people have the have the greatness of soul to say, hey, no, I'm to do that. I don't you know, to do that. It's not smart to go ahead and destroy some female male child's mind and make her essentially a child forever by having sex with her. That, that's that's not right. 
You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. That's why I wonder about old Kevin Alfred Strom. I don't think he has very much morals at all. He's a weak character, totally weak character. But in any case, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying the Zog didn't lie, but you know, he's a weak character. Linder, Linder, I figured out he's a Jew. But anyway, two thousand, two thousand and two, two thousand three. Okay, there's no longer anybody writing because Pierce is dead. There's no longer anybody writing on Linder's you know, web page. And here comes Spurfart, and they got a V bulletin for him here. Oh, great. Here, we'll have a retard come in. And guess what? We'll have free speech for life because Spurfart was already starting to censor. So here comes Linder. And Billy Roper, he got a V bulletin, cost $165. And guess what? He has somebody to run it on server. That's what server space used to cost, though, about two or $300 a year. Now you can buy it for as little as what? Oh, $3.99? You can buy it at a fairly good place for $5.99 at, at, at Dreamhost. But here we are. Here we are. I mean, shoot. Here we are, and guess what? But Billy Roper can't give Linder any money. Granny's dead. Linder's inherited the Granny's bunker. Oh, what is Linder to do? Well, guess what? Here comes Trader Glenn Miller. And March 2004, why, Wigger or Gordon Ipock or somebody tell, or Linder tells Trader Glenn Miller what I've been saying about him, what a piece of shit he was, and why we wouldn't run for Congress like I want for United States Senator like I wanted him to because this parole officer wouldn't let him do it. I pretend to be his buddy for about four years. So guess what? Here comes Trader Glenn Miller and Trader Glenn Miller got money and they're talking about forming a white people's party or what freedom party or whatever. Now that occurred. Olander is just a sick chew boy running a tar corral. Have any of you wondered why there wasn't another holdup for $2,500? Well, guess what? Third party lawsuit came through. Department of Zogland Security came through and did the Hal Turner financing. That's what it is. You got to look at yourself here. You got to look and say, hey, what sort of operation are they running? Burnfart, Hal Turner Financing. Have you ever heard of Hal Turner Financing? I know what it is. It's where the feds pay Hal Turner to run his webpage, to run his shortwave program, to run his internet server, which costs thousands of dollars a month. Like Don Black wants to tell you, Tards. Thousands of dollars. So like the rebel.org with John the Nutjob cost thousands of dollars. No, it don't. No, it don't. Right now I am running. I am running for what? I think I got the eight ninety nine, you know, eight ninety nine 
I got the 899 on Dreamhost. I got the what, oh, six or seven or eight dollar one on another server. I got, you know, I got a, I got a ten dollar one in India, but I don't have anything on that. Oh, nigger lips, Brian Reels, trying to find out where that is. Although I don't know why. Hell, I don't even, I don't even have anything on it at all. Don't even have a domain name associated with it. And then there may be one or two others. Of the $3.99 variety. Let's see. My internet hobby costs me around $1,000 a year. You see me begging and pleading and pissing and moaning for money? Please send me some money. Oh. Uh, Mona, need to, one of these days I need to deposit your check. <laughs> but in any case, uh, you don't see me begging and pleading and pissing and moaning for money. And you're not going to. This is something that, this is something that I do because I want to do it. In case, Linder didn't have any money, so he had to rely on, he had to rely, and, you know, here comes Trader Glenn Miller. He's paying for everything. He's the paymaster. Well, guess what? Last year, around this time, Trader Glenn Miller goes bang, 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 as arranged, and goes ahead and jumps down a fat old, that old Wigger Anglum sees those 14-year-old grandson and some wapus in a parking lot. He doesn't go ahead and actually shoot any Jews. He goes ahead, and I think it's already been arranged. He's going to play and say, how Hitler and surrender. Where well, is Linder going to gain money? Well, guess what? He, he did the begathon. Give me money now, or I'll close down VNN. And guess what? He got the money, supposedly, so he says. Who knows? Maybe he didn't. He wanted to show that, hey, he was relying on dog. He's relying on the kindness of strangers. Well, I haven't seen the megathon. There should have been one a month or so ago. Where is it? Come on, Linder. You know, come on, you boy. Did you have a bagel? Did you have a bagel sale or something? Hal Turner financing. Not just for Hal Turner. Folks, there can't be any anti-terrorists unless there's, quote, terrorists. So what happens is that they make them. They pay for them. They get, they get idiots. Dog bots, Jews. And that's what you're feeding. The question of it is, how much does this stuff cost? Any of you who wonder here, when all of a sudden comes Andre the nigger, three years ago... Three years ago, hell, he's an anti-racist activist. And he has what? He had up until about a year and a half ago. What does he have? What does he have? Oh, hey. He has a video showing him with his underage Filipino girlfriend, jailbait girlfriend. Shows a little miniature of Neldo Marcus. And guess what? He takes it down about a year and a half ago. Because now he's, he's a publisher of the Daily Sparmer. Well... Okay. 
four years ago, three years ago, same old old Cogney. Used to be politically correct, uh, tribal administrator. Ain't that no more. Now he's all national network. He's having good, he's having his own CIG boy, Eli James, or Joseph November, or Joseph Plus November, whatever the hell his name is this week, James. You think Lashini with his little collection of stuff that he's gotten all over here, plagiarized mainly? And then a whole bunch of papers preterism and the quote the Phoenicians of who are canonized or actually Israelites somehow. Going ahead and reading about some book from 1969 nobody heard of. You know, I wish he, I wish he was going to go ahead and plagiarize. You go ahead and at least read, read E. Ray Caps. You can't do that. But what to do? What to do? That's for nothing. Nothing. All white nationalism is. There's a bunch of Jew boys and tards and Mongols and ass clowns running around pretending they have the solution. There's no solution. They're all running on Yahweh's time. Yahweh's time. Sooner or later, there'll be a collapse. When I talk about the things I talk about, I understand that only white people, us white people, have any order, have the ability to keep things running. And for now, I'm just simply asking white people to, oh, just sort of let things go. Let things fall apart. Let things be the way they are. Case or off or off, whatever it will be, will be. Because guess what? There's nothing we can do about this at all. We can't do anything about it at all. Maybe it's time to just simply uh, live and let die. Okay? You have no obligation. You have no moral obligation. You really have, who gives a crap what they say their legal obligation? They can't even obey their own law. Maybe it's time just to simply, if you're a white man or white woman, go ahead and hold on to your children and raise them right. Raise them right and make them know that, hey, folks, we are an endangered people who are going to die out unless there is a total collapse, unless there is a total die-off. And this is not this is not something which has a lot of hope, but you have to have hope. You have to hope, you know, pray that you want Yahweh's. And the Yahweh will rescue you. But you also need to oh learn how to farm. Learn how to raise raise bed guards. Learn how to live a say a 19th century lifestyle, but quietly, unostentatiously.
we need to be essentially a beacon of light, which is pretty well hiding it underneath a bushel basket. That's what you need to do. You need to feed from Babylon as best you can, not ostentatiously, but quietly. Sometimes when they come for you, you might have to go ahead and you know, be one of those who are the saints here and have their heads chopped off or be, or be killed. Because there's nothing you can do about it. I had a pretty good life. A little bit over a decade ago, when these pieces of shit from Newton County decided to go ahead and steal my grandchildren and buy and sell them like they were cattle. And then set me out on a bogus child molestation charge to be sent to prison and murdered there. And you wonder why I don't have a bit of problem with opening up the scrotum of their children. You don't think you wonder why I don't have a problem with shoving their kids into a dog food shredder, into a what? Into a uh, what? Wood chipper, and feeding if they're mongols, feeding them to their spawn. Or running around and tying their little necks here into a rope here or chains attached to the back of the Crown Victoria. Wonder why I don't have a problem with butchering. I look forward to the death of Zog Babylon with when you end up having what? Oh, 180 million mongrels and 100 million Uyghurs and 10 million Jews dying since screaming to hell. You wonder why I don't have a problem with that? I don't. The cancer needs to be cut out. Starting with the Wiggers. And other Wiggers starting with those who claim to be the identity. Like it says, Ezekiel chapter 9. Let's go ahead and look at some Ezekiel chapter 9. Where do I got that that Bible of mine? Where I put it? Usually I have it on top of this tin can. Along with the strong, I, I wish I'd bought that strong's concordance years ago. Okay, I found it. Found it. Okay. Strong's exhaustive concordance. But we'll go to the Holy Bible. Ezekiel chapter 9. And we're going to go ahead and close. We're going to go ahead and close. Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 1. He cried also.
How long have I been gone? I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how long I've been gone. <laughs> is this a new? Is this a new show or what? Here, how long have I been gone? Was I? You know, was I cut off before I got to Ezekiel chapter nine? The yes or no will do. Come on, yes or no will do. Before or after I start with Ezekiel chapter nine. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Come on, I need to. I need to know. Lord, I think she's still out there. You started reading the Bible. All righty. Okay. You're telling me. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guest number eight. Let's just go back. Let's just go back to Ezekiel chapter 9. Verse 1. He cried also in my ears with a loud voice. Let's see. Let's start in Ezekiel chapter 8. You see, Israel, the northern house of Israel had been carried out here. The house of Judah remained. Jerusalem remained. Verse 17 of Ezekiel chapter 8. And he said to me, Have you seen this, O son of man? Is it a light to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence. They have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. Verse 18, Therefore will I also deal in fury. My eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. Ezekiel chapter 9. Uh, let's see here. Okay, I I had the thing. Uh, okay, after. Okay, I can see it now. All right, crazy, I'm a crazy old kid. Thank you, poopy dog. Uh, yes, I can see it. I moved it down. But I also opened up the compact number one, I can see as well here. So what you're saying is that it was after I started Ezekiel chapter 9. Well, I'm going to go ahead and redo Ezekiel chapter 9. Because I don't know when I got hung up. And then after that, I'm going to call it a night. Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 1. He cried also in my ears with a loud voice, saying, Cause them that have charged over the city, draw near, even every man with a destroying weapon in his hand. So he's calling for those who have power over the city to come. And guess what? Two. Verse 2 of Ezekiel chapter 9. Behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lies toward the north, and every man a slaughterer weapon in his hand. So they had axes, spears, swords, pruning hooks, well, probably axes, 
slaughter a weapon, maybe even halberds, but probably axes and swords, not long knives. One man among them was clothed with linen with a rider's ink horn by his side, and they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. So here's a man who is essentially a scribe as well. Maybe a journalist, who knows. Verse 3, And the glory of Yahweh of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed with linen, which had the writer's ink horn by his side. So here's a man who's literate, who also has a means of marking people. Verse 4, And Yahweh said to him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark by the foreheads of the man that signed the cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. So he's looking for those who are not satisfied with evil as being done. Verse 5, And to the others he said, In my hearing, go you after them, after them through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have you pity. He's saying, kill them all. Slay utterly, old and young, both maids and little children. Are these little children expected to to cry aloud about the evil? No, but their parents are. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. This is what I mean when I say that we have a wigger problem. And within the sanctuary, it's those who claim to be CI dentists who are not. I began at my sanctuary, and then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. So he starts with the old, those who are increased with years, who should know better, who should know wisdom. Verse 7, he said to them, Defile the house, fill the course with slain, go you forth. And they went forth and slew in the city. This is a Passover. Where those Egyptians, those Hyksos, who were not, their door lentils were not marked with the blood of the lamb, they were slain. At least their firstborn of men and beasts were. Well, guess what? This is sort of like a Passover mark on the foreheads of those who are righteous who say, hey, enough, enough, enough. And they went forth to swim the city. Verse 8, it came to pass while they were slaying them, and I was left. I fell upon my face and cried and said, Ah, Yahweh Elohim, will you destroy all the residue of Israel and you're pouring out of your fury upon Jerusalem? Verse 9, and he said unto me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceeding great, and the land is full of blood, and the city full of perverseness. Well, we say all this faggotry shit here isn't perverseness, for they say, Yahweh has forsaken the earth, and Yahweh sees not. All these people act like they don't believe that there is a God. And they don't believe that he cares about what is going on. He has no expectations. Verse 10, as for me, also mine, I shall not spare, neither shall I pity mine, will recompense their way upon their head. You side with Zog Babylon, you need to die. Your children need to die. There's something wrong with you. Your time is up. Verse 11, Behold, the man clothed with linen, which had the inkhorn by his side, reported the matter, saying, I've done as you have commanded me. Well, 
Why do I do what I do? Like this man. I'm in the future. I'm not a preterist. I've done as you have commanded me. I'm going to close the book. Folks, when that time came, when that time came, why, guess what? You're supposed to do as Yahweh told you to do. If you didn't, then you would reap the rewards for it. So anyway, it looks like a whole bunch of people got kicked off, so I'm going to call it, I'm going to go ahead and call it a night like I intended to do a while back ago. I'm going to go ahead and say, Hail Victory. May Yahweh bless. By the way, this was a special Passover service, not Easter. Hail Victory. White and clad in black are we, hi-yi-ho, and we'll stamp out dog tyranny, hi-yi-ho. White men go, we vote ho, on the city roof, let the red cock crow. White men go, civil war ho, on the courthouse lawn, let red blood flow. Adam Dell, Danny, this man, cheery, I. Oh, who was that the ruling man? Cheery, I. White men go, we vote ho. On the city roof, let the red cock crow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. Oh, white man, there I pursue the Jews lay low. I'm juggling next week on our boot, the South Alcatel. White men go, we vote ho, on the city roof, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. The regime of solely love is great. Hi-yi-yo. The love of God our only need. Hi-yi-yo. White men go, we vote ho. On the city roof, let the red cock crow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. 
Conquer for our causes right. I, I, oh, our sons won't have to go and fight. I, I, oh, white men go, we vote, oh, on the city roof, let the red cock crow. White men go, civil war, oh. On the court of arms, let red blood flow.